0: Amazing. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So I guess we can have like um, maybe three or four more people and then we can start. So
1: who will go next? Who's going to go next?
0: Roommate, what about you?
2: (laughs) Good evening, Elsha. Sorry, I'm
3: just putting my son to bed. Um, So if you give me a few minutes and I'll come back.
0: No problem. That's fine. Thanks. That's fine. Okay. um, Adriel, what about you?
1: Zero. Sorry, um, I didn't hear the question.
3: Hello?
0: So, what did you say? Yeah, I can hear you.
3: So I, didn't, I didn't hear what you asked.
0: I said your name, where you're calling from, if you're here last week, what you took from last week's conversation, if this is your first time, what you have in mind joining the conversation today.
4: Okay my name is
3: Adrian Um, I'm calling from Lagos, Nigeria. I, I was here last week and I learned about how there's just sex and everything. It's a fundamental part of life. It's very it's very important to understand it and see it's part of everything. So yeah I'm, I'm coming to today's meeting I just I just want to know more and understand more and expand my mind
0: yeah fair enough fair enough well good to have you here good to have you
1: here okay we can have two more people two more people um enoch what about you Are you able to speak Enoch? Okay. Elizabeth, what about you?
2: I was kind of expecting that you call me. (laughs) Um, Hello everyone, good evening. My name is Elizabeth from Lagos, Nigeria. I was here last week. I think I joined a couple of weeks ago, probably a month plus now. And um last week what I learned was um in order for there to be a balance, there has to be like coming together of two opposites and yeah. I also learned that sex is like everywhere beyond the physical aspect of it. Sex is actually mm-hmm. is actually every it's in everything that we see around us. It's in it's everywhere and I also remember the example that you cited about marriage, um, a, a, um, a man and his wife, there has to be like opposites because we can't have two feminine um, characters because there will always be an imbalance, there will always be issues. So,
0: Sorry, your microphone is yeah. gone mute, um, Elizabeth, I can't hear you.
2: Hello, can you hear me better? Hello?
0: Mm-hmm. I can hear you now.
2: Oh, okay. So I was saying that I remember the example of marriage that you um, cited for us. You said both parties can be feminine or masculine. There has to be opposites or else there will always be an imbalance. There will always be like issues. So basically yeah. in everything in life, there has to be a balance coming together. Two opposites and it's not always, um, what do I call it? It's not always a bad thing for two opposites to come together. Contrary to most people's um Opinion, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I learned. Amazing,
0: amazing. People Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Thank you for that, um, Lizzie. Okay, we can have a final person. Um, so, who's that going to be? Who's that going to be?
5: Hello. Hey. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not really uh, great with this yet. No um, I don't know if this might is this my I think this might be my first because I usually get the the replays. I wasn't here last week, but I've been doing my best to follow because it kind of falls uh, when I'm at work. Um, but going huh. with uh, what the last speaker said, yes, yeah, sex is everywhere. I'm looking at my my drawer here and. Even the physical things that are not necessarily um, that have spirits or anything, like the drawer. You need a groove um, for the drawer to go in. And the way you've presented it, sex is not a bad thing. It's really about balance, you know. For those of us who cook, you don't put all the salt in. Sometimes you put something that's uh, spicy with the salt to create a balance or something sweet with the salt to create a balance. So I'm here for it. I really appreciate learning more about this because I feel like even with all the sex education in the world, you know, it doesn't scratch. It doesn't, it doesn't scratch what sex is. Yeah. I think that's it.
0: Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Solomon, thank you for that. Okay. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thank you all for joining up our conversation today. I would, um, I would like to open us up with a prayer. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for bringing us all here together to seek your face and learn from you and meditate on your word. Father, we pray that you enter into our midst. And you teach us that which we are supposed to learn this very day. And I pray, Father, that our ears, our hearts, and our eyes might be open to receive your message. And I pray that that which we receive would spur us to growth, would challenge us to do even more for you, dear Father. And I pray that your light begins to shine from inside of us out even more aggressively. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you for bringing us here today, Father. May your name forever be glorified. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
5: Amen.
0: Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So good to have every single one of us here again this Friday. Um, honestly, these past few weeks have been a blessing, you know, and um, Yeah, it's just the power of interactivity and the power of communion, you know, and it's so fantastic how, because of modern technology, we're able to break the space and time barrier and we're able to achieve a meeting like this from different parts of the world. And um, yeah, it's just one of the things I'm just grateful for, you know. And it really has been an exciting journey, you know. So yeah, you know, for those of us who are here for the first time, this is a conversation, you know, and um, as we know, the topic is the nature of sex with a subtopic subtopic called um, soul ties, and um, I'll begin by speaking about it, and we'll share our
6: thoughts, our comments, our questions, and that's how we'll begin to build the conversation together, so it's a kind of conversation that goes like a give, receive, you give back, I
0: receive, I give back, so that's the kind of continuum, that's the way we have the conversation, so I really would appreciate the input of every single one of us who might have something to say. Um, So, yeah, yeah, so we begin. Yes, we're talking about the nature of sex,
6: and for those of us who were here last week, it's called the nature of sex because,
0: like we said, sex exists in every sphere of life. There's nowhere we're going to find life anywhere that sex is not at the root and the foundation
6: of it. For life, life energy to come into existence, there must be a kind of sexual intercourse. And an example I gave is the clap. When my hands come together, by their coming together, a sound is produced. That is energy. That is as a result of sex. You know, I gave an another analogy of the sun that we see in the sky. When the atoms of hydrogen come together, they release an energy from themselves and produce light. That is also a product of sex, you know? Our planet has a magnetic field because of the North and South Pole. This itself is a kind of sex, you know? Every single one of us on this call came into physical existence by the union of our mother and father, that is sex. All the plants in the forest, when you take a seed and plant it into the soil, that is a sex, a sexual intercourse between the seed and the soil. The seed is masculine. The soil is feminine. You know, as we're having a conversation right now, as I'm speaking, my words are like a seed being planted in your heart and your heart in this moment is receptive. And when one speaks, speech is masculine, listening is feminine, you know, and in all these different ways and forms, we see how sex, Manifest in different spheres of life. And that's why when we read the Bible, we see them talking about a lot of things with a lot of metaphor, you know. And that's why God could tell Israel, say, Oh, Israel, you, you who have been an adulteress with many lovers, you know. So once you ask the question, how is it that someone could call a whole nation of about 600, 700,000 people an adulteress with many lovers? What does this mean, you know? when we start to understand how many things transcend the physical plane, the Bible starts to take a whole lot more meaning, you know, because for example, every single one of us know that when the Bible speaks of the ability to see, it transcends the ability for our physical eyes to perceive that which is in our physical environment. It involves one being able to perceive the truth of reality. So it's very possible that a person's physical eyes are working, but that does not mean that they can see, you know. It is very possible that a person's physical ears are working, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can hear because sight, speech, and hearing transcend the physical body, transcend the physical plane, and it expresses itself in various, 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 various ways. On a very fundamental sense, you know, We all know that, well, those of us who know in the Bible that Christ is called the husband and we the bride. You know, isn't that interesting? Why we, whether we're masculine or feminine, we're called the bride and Christ is called the husband. And we're supposed to be a virgin reserved for this husband who is going to impregnate us with his word so that we might give birth to fruits or children of the Holy Spirit which can express themselves as patience, loving kindness, um temperance faith and all these different kinds of things the bible is a very sexual book because reality and nature itself is sexual it's all about the interaction the coming together the union the love you know all this is sex expressing itself in different ways and forms so fundamentally on a very fundamental level When a person is a bride of Christ, a true bride of Christ, a true virgin of Christ that does not fornicate with many lovers, this means that such a person only allows their minds to be impregnated by the word of God in every given moment. In the moment where I'm sitting down in my office and it's very possible that a colleague of mine might have said something that maybe made me embarrassed or said something disrespectful. And in that moment... Two voices come into existence within my mind. One of them is saying, ah, ah, how can you take this from this person? Don't take this, ah, you're bigger than this, you must insult this person back, you know. Now, when that word is coming in my mind, that word is like a seed being planted. We can literally call it a sperm being planted into the womb of our mind. When we receive that sperm of that anger being planted inside of us, we begin to germinate and gestate that thought. It begins to form in our mind it then expresses itself as an insult or maybe we slap the person or maybe we take their property or something. That is us giving birth to children for the many lovers, you know. In that same moment as well, when we are hearing the voice of anger telling us, how can we take that from this person? How can you let that happen to you? And we hear that voice of the Spirit of God saying, let it be. Actually, even apologize to this person who is saying all these things to you. Tell them thank you. That word spoken to us by God, that word is a seed being planted. And when we take that seed into our mind, it is a kind of sexual intercourse. It is sexual intercourse. And that seed impregnates our mind. And when we allow that seed expressed through us, then we can say the fruit of Christ has come out of us. Do we understand
1: that? Yeah, 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 I do. Yes. Yeah? yeah? Before we go forward, do we have any thoughts on that? Does anyone have any thoughts they have? Okay. So, on a very fundamental level you know
6: our relationship with god is a very sexual one and that's why it's always called a marriage because i want us to understand that sex itself is marriage you know
1: the way people commonly talk about how you know
6: sex is reserved for marriage that statement is not very balanced because Sex itself is the marriage. I believe there's a scripture in Corinthians that states that Paul said, don't you know who he who joins himself to the harlot is one flesh with her. For it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when we talk about sex, it is not possible to have sex without marriage. It is not possible to have sex without union. It is not possible to have sex without a bond because sex creates a bond between two people. It creates a marriage. It is not possible for there to be a sexual intercourse in any place without there being some kind of bond being achieved. In a very more, um, let I say, popular term, it is not possible to engage in a sexual intercourse in any way or form without a kind of Tie being achieved. So as we're here now on this call, you know, like I gave an example, I said a conversation between two people is absolutely sexual. One person is giving, the other receives. When they receive, they give back. The person receives again, and then that's how the cycle continues. It's absolutely absolutely sexual. So as we're speaking right now, my ideas, my words are going into you. And as you listen, you take the words that I've said and you respond, your words then go into me. The moment there is a piece of me in you and a piece of you in me, in that instant, a bond has already been established. It might not be a very strong one, it might not be a very potent one, But just from our conversing, a kind of bond has already been achieved between the both of us. It is impossible to go through life without achieving bonds with things in your environment. For example, a little example is this. Whenever a crime is committed in a particular place, when the forensic um, analysts enter into the crime scene, they take the ultraviolet lights to scan the environment, to see fingerprints, to take DNA samples and everything, That is because we think we're just entering entering an environment and we're not having a bond with it. But everything we touch receives an imprint from us and we receive an imprint from it. True or false?
1: True. Yeah? Mm
6: -hmm. Everything we touch, everything we interact with in our environment, We leave an imprint on that thing and that thing leaves an imprint in us. It's a kind of bond that has already been established. It might not be that strong, but it's a bond nonetheless. It is not possible for someone to be in an environment and the environment and that person don't interact with one another and don't affect one another because everything we interact with in any way or form creates a bond. It creates a union. It creates a kind of marriage. So like I gave the example, if one just puts their hand on a chair, in that moment, particles of their DNA has already imprinted itself on that chair. And particles of that chair has imprinted itself on her hand. So much so that anyone with forensic um, apparatus can investigate that chair and investigate my hand and create a link between I and that thing that I touched. Because when a bond is created, or better said, for a bond to be created, a piece of me has to be in something, and a piece of that something has to be in me. This is what creates a bond. This is what creates a link. That is why for people to be friends, they all have to have ideas in common. They have to have pieces of each other in themselves. That is what creates a bond. Now the moment you and a person no longer have the same things in common, that is when friendship begins to dissipate. I'm sure like, for example, when we look back in time, a lot of people who were very cool with for different things, when the trajectory of our life changed or the trajectory of their life changed, we just seem to fizzle away, true or false?
7: True. True. Right? true. Yeah.
6: Because for there to be a friendship, there has to be something that both of you share a piece of you in them and a piece of them in you. When these things start to decrease, then the bond starts to decrease. Because for there to be a bond, there has to be a piece of you in that thing and a piece of that thing in you. That's why, for example, you know, when you've grown up in a particular country, you grew up as a child, eating maybe Indomie, eating rice, eating pounded yam, eating a goosey soup, Growing up, you, 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 you imputed so much emotion into that food because your, your early years, you know, when you get food, you're so happy. And every time you eat that food, you create some kind of connection, some kind of bond with that food. And that connection goes on for like 20 years, eating the same food over and over again. And that's why when you leave your country, even if you're eating food that is so delicious, it can never taste like home. Because the food from home, you have created a very powerful bond with it by continuous, continuous, continuous interaction with the food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Does it make sense? sense. Yeah. You
8: know? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah.
6: So that's why we miss home. You know, we we miss the atmosphere. We miss the air because we have created so many bonds with it. From our emotional concentration, our thought concentration, every time we're interacting, interacting, a bond is being established and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I want us to take an analogy of a business, you know? Let's say I happen to be someone who, maybe I sell some textiles, right? And I I meet a person who happens to be a bulk buyer. In the beginning, Because there hasn't been much interaction between me and that person, I don't really trust them. I'm not really so free with them. But by the time I work with them for one year, two years, three years, four years, interacting, 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 a very powerful bond exists between me and that buyer. So much so that they can tell me, hey, I need X amount of textiles. Send it to me. You receive the money in two weeks. And because of how much... Bond has happened between both of us from the continuous, continuous, continuous interaction. I will easily give it to him, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. If, however,
6: mm. that bond has not been established, we haven't spent time interacting, interacting, interacting with one another, I can't, I can't trust him enough or he can't trust me enough to give me, I can't trust him enough to give him my textiles without receiving payment first. So this is how bonds are. I'm just giving all these different analogies because for one to, and this is a very fundamental principle, in order to understand one thing, you have to understand everything that is related with that thing because nothing in life exists in isolation. Everything is interconnected with everything and for you to understand everything you have to understand one thing and for you to understand one thing you have to understand everything if you meet an individual a boy or a girl you cannot understand him until you've met his parents until you've met his brother and sister until you've met his friends or her friends because a person doesn't exist on their own as i'm sitting here In my look at it, it's only me that is sitting here. But this shirt I'm wearing was made by someone. This textile was produced by someone else. The distribution that got it to the country that I bought it from was done by someone else. So as I'm sitting on here, it's very possible that 50 people are on me right now. True or false? True or false? True. 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 So, life is filled with bonds. Life is filled with connection. It's it's filled with ties. And ties happen, bonds happen to different degrees, different forms, different ways. You know? And like I said, to understand one thing, you have to understand everything that is related with that thing. So, as I'm going through this explanation, it's for us to understand the subject matter, which we call, which is called soul tie or You know, many names that people choose to call this, you know. So fundamentally speaking, any kind of interaction one has with a person is a kind of sexual intercourse. I mean, that's why corona could spread so much because people are interacting with one another. From your speech alone, aspects of yourself are penetrating the person in front of you. And that's why corona can spread because there's a kind of intercourse going on. A part of you is entering them. A part of them is entering you. All these are kind of interaction, interaction. A handshake is completely sexual. And in that moment you shake a person, atoms from your hand enters into that person, and atoms from that person's hand enters into your own. And in that moment, a kind of bond has been established. A kind of tie has been established. Now, there are ties of different ways and forms. Obviously, from what we've narrated now, when you shake a person, this is a tie on a physical plane, you know? Based on your DNA imprints and things of that nature. This is a physical tie, a physical bond. Every single one of us here, you know, growing up, whether it was our mom, dad, brother, or sister, those people who were in our immediate environment growing up, that we projected a huge amount of our emotions on, we have a strong bond with such a person we have a strong tie with such a person this is a bond on the emotional level the people who you have well i say projected a lot of your love on even hatred it's the same thing it's still the same principle because hatred is love except inverted because hatred is still a bond because the person you hate you are very attached to them true or false you know it's true. You know, just like the way you love someone, oh baby girl, you're on my mind. The person you hate as well, they'll also be on your <laughs> mind, two for seven. You know, so hatred is really love, but sorry, what did you say?
4: I said they'll be on your mind, but
7: just negatively. Like,
6: you know, uh, exactly, they'll be on your mind, plenty. You know, so hatred is love inverted, and we, as we we're discussing now, love and sex are two; they are both the same thing. And sex is union. Sex is marriage. Sex is the coming together. So as we're here, first of all, I want us to know that it is not possible to live in this world without having ties with different things. It's not possible. Some of us, we have ties with pandemonium. Some of us, we have ties with indomie. Some of us, we have ties with pancakes. Some of us, we have ties with different kinds of things. Every single one of us has ties with our phones, you know? And even if the tie is not evident, you know, um, yam. like I'm huh? Yum. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> when you know a tie, a bond has been established is when
1: By messing around with
6: the thing on the left, the thing on the right is affected. That's when you know that there's a tie between them. A beautiful example I can give to you every single one of us here, when our phone drops on the ground, what happens if I'm honest?
9: Panic (laughs) yourself,
6: you are
10: terrified because your (laughs) screen will break,
6: (laughs) right. You know? And that scream happens because, on a psychological level, on an emotional level, we have achieved a tie with our phone. Does that make sense? It's not possible for me to scream when my phone falls if there was no bond between me and my phone. Even though physically it's not obvious that there's a connection between me and this phone. But if one could open their eyes and see, see for example, in the spirit. Let me just use it in the spirit. You will see, for example, that between me and this phone here, there will be many lines of light connected to this phone. Because this is how it looks like in the spirit. Something that you are very connected to, there will be lines of light between you and that thing because it's, that's what makes the connection. And the stronger the bond you have with that thing, the more concentrated the life will be. And this happens from constant and constant and constant interaction. Now, when we talk about soul tie, you know, as we discussed last week, which we did not, um, we did not um, finish properly, we not address properly, we explained that every single human being on earth, every single human being, every single living thing is a piece of memory in a condensed form. Every human being is like a working hard drive of data recorded. Scientifically speaking, we all know that in the dna of every individual is recorded information that dates back to thousands and millions of years so much so that if science knew how to investigate the dna properly and maybe make a pictorial representation of the data recorded in the dna i can pick anyone in this call here and just by picking a strand of their dna i can make a picture a whole video of something that happened 100,000 years ago because it's recorded inside of you. Does that make sense?
1: Wait, no, can you say uh, that again?
6: Okay. I said that every single one of us are like a working hard drive. You know, Our DNA, what is called DNA is like a hard drive. It's like a flash drive. Data and information is stored inside of it data that has come as a result of the different things are the different interactions that we make on a daily basis and the different interactions and actions that our parents and their parents and their parents made while they were alive every action they did every thought they thought every feeling they had is all recorded in the dna and it's passed down from generation to generation and everything is recorded in you so instead of you who just spoke to me now is recorded data of someone who lived 300,000 years ago. Perfect. So perfect that the reason why your face looks like this is as a result of one of the people in your bloodline. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it yeah, does. yeah. Yeah, it does.
6: Do you So as you're here right now, you're a piece of memory, condensed. You're a piece of data condensed, you know, now, When you interact with a person, little by little, that piece of data that you are, that piece of information that you are, is shared with that person. Because when we talk about sex, sex talks about union and the coming together of two things, the marriage of two things. If you have, for example, let me think of something that is um, very contagious. Um, Maybe someone has Ebola, for example, right? When you have Ebola, that's the kind of data that is in your body. When you touch someone, that data is transferred to them. Because touching a person does an interaction, every interaction is sexual in nature. And in that moment, that Ebola and you enters into that person. and exchange has happened. Because whenever there is sex, there is an exchange, you know. The same way it is, because like I said. Sex in all ramifications has to do with the exchange of data, exchange of information, exchange of things. You know. So when we now come down to the conventional sexual intercourse, which we are very familiar with, which is the man and the woman coming together in a physical sexual intercourse. In that moment, that moment of the two, the man and the woman coming together in the physical sexual intercourse, That is one of the most potent ways of transferring data and information in existence. I mean, like I said, all kinds of sex in whatever form relates with transference of information. It relates with one person putting what they are into another person and taking what that person
0: is and putting it into themselves. That we understand so far, right?
1: yes sir huh? yes sir. Yeah. yeah
4: yeah we get that
6: so the same thing applies in the physical sexual intercourse except it gets it gets it gets so much more deeper than
1: that because if we're going to speak
6: in a very very plain manner i'll say Have you noticed that when a person, for example, a man or a woman, and this is something that I want us to say, when one is sexually aroused and you're in the presence of the opposite sex, have you had that experience when your body starts to heat up from the inside? I must say. Your face starts to heat up. Your hands start yeah. to heat up your chest. Uh-huh. Isn't that called That's
0: what they call blushing. you know?
6: You know, that heat that starts to happen that is beyond what is, uh, will I say, um, physically explainable. In the moment when two people come together to engage in a physical sexual intercourse, in that moment, every aspect of that person's being becomes opened up like a vortex. And information from their physical body is passed into that person, and that's why, for example, we have um, we have um, um, sexually transmitted d- diseases. Some of us who are familiar with sports, you know, there are some times when, especially this happens, especially in feminine sports, when a woman wants to take in um, testosterone to make herself perform very much in her in her sports field, she would have sex with a man who takes a particular kind of steroid or something like that. And then she has sex with him. And then that steroid enters into her body. And that's what makes her for Have you ever heard of that before?
7: Honestly, As no.
0: Anyone,
7: <laughs> you've no. not heard of that? <laughs>
4: no.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing about this practice for the first time. It's crazy. Oh, wow.
4: <laughs> oh, Sorry, oh, please, my. can you repeat that? Sorry, please, can you
6: repeat that? I didn't get it. I said women in, in feminine sports, like um, maybe combat sports, especially combat sports, which deals with a lot of, which needs a lot of testosterone and stuff like that. Because, of course, if you take steroids, there's a lot of tests for them to catch you if you have steroids in your body. You know? So what they would do, they would sleep with the man who has taken the steroids. And when he has sex with them, that steroid in his bloodstream will enter into her and then she will have it in herself. But it will be very hard for the, um, the machine to detect it. Do you understand that?
7: Yeah. Oh wow.
6: Yes, you, you can Google it. It, it. It's a very common practice, especially with um, Olympians and stuff like that. But people is, is, is a for for the fact that I'm saying this now tells you that is a is a technique that they've already busted. So they've caught every people that have been doing it. So it's not the people are getting more creative now. But that's something that used to be done a lot, you know. So that only shows us how, on the physical level. The things inside of your body are entering into the things of, into the body of the person who you're having sex with because, of course, this is how STDs are passed to one another anyway. But the physical transference is just one thing. There is also transference in the realms of the emotions. There's also transference in the realms of the mind. And there's also transference in the realms of the soul. Because in that moment of the sexual intercourse between a man and a woman, between two people, all the aspects of their being open up and data between both of them begins to exchange, begins to flow in that instant. You know? Now, like I explained earlier, for there to be a bond, something in you has to be in that person and something in that person has to be in you. I mean, that much is clear, isn't it? So, I went all this route to explain to us so you can see that the moment you have sex with any person, on multiple layers of our being, there's a part of them that is entering into us and a part of us that is going into them. That in itself is a tie, that in itself is a bond. Like I explained, bonds don't just happen when a person has physical sex with the present. It happens in all kinds of interactions. You have a bond with your mother. That's why if you can see her in pain, you can cry so much because there's a relationship between you and them. There's a bond. There's a connection. And that's why it's to a degree her pain. You can feel it because there's a bond between you and them, you know? So like I'm explaining now, you know, In that moment of the physical sexual intercourse, aspects of yourself enter into that person. and aspects of that that person enters into you. In that moment, a bond has been
0: achieved.
6: That's what we spoke and we gave an example of how when there's um, mental problems in a family, when you go to the hospital to talk about the mental issue from someone in the family, the first thing the doctor will ask you is, is there any history of lunacy or mental problems in the family? This is because it's not only physical things that transfer in the bloodline. Things of the emotions, things of the mind also transfer. I mean, have we not seen how in the whole family, everybody seems like they have bipolar disorder? Have we ever seen that before? Even if not in real life, but on TV shows and stuff like that. Have we not seen that before?
4: Yeah, it does like yeah these are yes. things happen sorry
0: yes you
6: know you can have a whole family who are all who all have mental problems and this comes as a result of the fact that if through sex information from each person's bloodline is being passed into the next person you know
1: now before we go forward does anyone have any question any questions thoughts or comments before we go forward from what has been said
0: No question. No question. No one.
2: No, I have a question.
0: No question.
2: So, could this be why, um, like when people get married, sometimes they can start to look like each other?
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
6: This absolutely, you know, and yes, that's exactly that's exactly why that happens. And even beyond that, if if a couple are really really, um. Because you see, a lot of people, like I said, sex happens on many dimensions, you know. You could have a couple who, they're having sex every day, physically, but emotionally, the woman is having sex with someone else. She's bound to another man elsewhere, or she could even be bound to another woman. So she's physically sleeping with the man, but on the emotional plane, she's with another person. Does that make sense?
9: Yeah, that happens when you're with someone but you fantasize about someone else.
6: Exactly, exactly. Just, just, just like that. Yeah. But when you see a couple who are married, really, on every dimension, physically, they're having sex with each other, they're one. Emotionally, they respond the same way. Mentally, they think the same way. Like, that is, that is when that's a real marriage, when there's a bond on, on many layers of, of the people's uh, being, you know, so yeah, like, so, yeah, so, so that's your question. Yes, that's why couples can start to look um, like each other. You know,
0: after some, some Wait, time I have a
8: question. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you said it's possible if the man is having sex with the woman physically and she's with someone else emotionally. Can that only happen if she's not a virgin? Sorry. You said it is possible the man is having sex with the woman physically, but the woman is with, an, is with another person emotionally. Like, yes. can that only happen if she's not a virgin and says, had sex with someone else? This,
6: this, on an emotional level, this doesn't apply. I mean, and it goes for both men and women. It's for both. It doesn't matter if a person is a virgin or not. Um, like as we're speaking now, there's a kind of interaction going on between both of us. This is a kind of, um, quote-unquote, sexual intercourse, you know. And um, whether she's a virgin or not, that doesn't... Sorry?
8: Okay, I understand.
6: You understand? So whether the yes. person is, is a physical virgin or not, it doesn't matter. You know, they can be, they can be um, bound with someone else on an emotional level. And I give you a very simple example. Some of us, if we see Amala, our eyes will start to stand. And that's because there has been a marriage achieved emotionally between us and the Amala. And that's why whenever we see it, we get so excited, you know. But food that we've never eaten before, the reason why it looks strange is because there's no relationship between us and it. And that's why when we're given a food that we've not seen before, we're skeptical. Except maybe the food, it looks aesthetically pleasing. And colors, the food has so many colors, which we already like. So for us to even touch anything... There has to be some kind of um, bond prior establishment and, and whatnot. When anyway, with that being said, like I explained, it's not possible to live in this world without bonds. Everything we're doing, everything we're touching, is creating a bond between us and that thing. And in that moment, aspects of that thing is entering to us and aspects of us is entering into that thing. Now the moment,
1: like I explained, you know, for the fact that they can
6: ask, is there anyone in the family history that has mental problems? It tells you that mental problems can be transferred from one person to another through the bloodline. As I explained, I said every single person is a working piece of hard drive, is a working piece of data, is a working piece of information that has been recording, Light, nature is always recording, your body is always recording. And that's why, for example, we, we have black skin. My skin is black because over thousands of years, my ancestors were in a climate that had intense sunlight. And being exposed to that amount of intense sunlight, the cells of their body started to adapt so that it can create a pigment that keeps up excess sunlight and takes in the one that it can use. When a person is white, it's because they've been in a climate that there's not enough sunlight. So the cells adapt to that and they make the melanin pigment very thin so that they can receive as much sunlight as they can. So this is why people are white and this is why people are black. There's nothing like a black or white man. It's just that the cells over the the years have been adapting to the environment that they've been put in. You know, so that's why it's here.
4: Everything.
0: <laughs> Jennifer, you want to say something? Okay.
4: Okay, I was actually. Okay. Are you serious? I thought God created us in you know,
5: different skin colors. So this is new information.
6: Yes, yes, yes. God created human beings. Black, white, green, pink is as a result
0: of the environment. As a result of the environment that we put in. Hold on one second, guys.
6: Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, black, white, brown, green is as a result of the environment that we've been, um, that we find ourselves in because ourselves have to adapt to the different um, climates,
0: weather, temperature, and all these things, you know. So, like I was explaining, you know, um,
6: every single one of us, As we're living right now, our body is recording information. You know, Everything is being recorded in our our DNA. From the things we're thinking, every action we're taking, everything is being recorded in our DNA. Everything is being recorded in our DNA every day. And the moment we have an intercourse with anyone, all that data that has been recorded inside of us transfers into them. And if, for example, they give birth to a child, the data that has been recorded from my side and the data that has been recorded from their site becomes formed in the child that we create. And if I have mental problems, if I have bipolar disorder, if I have whatever, maybe I dabbled into, um, if I had, if I built a strong relationship with God, you know, all these things, they change, because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about working with God, it doesn't just change the person psychologically, emotionally, mentally, it also changes them physically. When one starts to engage with the spirit, changes start to happen to your body. This is something that is, um, is a fact, you know. Your cells literally start to change. It, 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 it really begins to change. And the children that you have, a person who has really been working with God, the children that they have will be different from people who don't work with God. Also people who, who they, if they spend their lifetime, would I say, practicing witchcraft and all these different kinds of things, it does changes to the self because all these interactions and bonds we're creating with different things is recorded inside of us. And whenever we sleep with a person, all that same data that's been there enters.
0: And then let's say, for example, you know, me as a person now, I, 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 um, I've never done certain interactions with different kinds of people.
6: And for me to be happy cost me $10. Let me just give it a good analogy. For me to be happy cost $10 because my life is not very complicated. I have not added into my life different kinds of I'm not adding into my life new people and new things. The moment I sleep with a person, all the data that's been recorded in that person enters into me. Now once they enter into me, my life has become more complex. Does that make sense? Do you understand that? Yes, sir. Yeah? Any addition to your life whatsoever brings a kind of complexity. If you are 20 years old, you've never had a child, your life is not as complex as someone who has a wife and kids. Because any new addition to your life adds complexity. And when complexity comes into your life, happiness becomes more expensive to attain. Do we do understand that?
1: Mm,
6: okay. As a single man, without the worry of a wife or a child, for me to be happy is just by what is going on in my life alone. The moment I have a wife and we have a bond, for me to be happy is also dependent on our own happiness through or So even if I'm eating fine, even if I'm dressing fine, if my wife is not eating fine and dressing fine, I can't be as happy. Let's say I have a wife and I now have three kids. If me and my wife are eating fine we're dressing fine, but our kids are suffering, can I be happy?
4: No, you can't.
6: So do we see how happiness becomes more expensive when new things enter into our lives? Do we understand that?
1: You know? Now, the same thing applies
0: in when we talk about sexual intercourse physically. Let's say, as, a, as an individual, based on the different things I inherited
6: from my parents on a psychological level now, you know, based on the different things I inherited, <clears throat> for me to be happy, for me to have peace of mind, for me to have joy, for me to achieve certain things in life, It costs $10. Now I sleep with a particular person. That which has been recorded in that person's body, in that person's emotions, in that person's mind, begins to transfer into me. Assuming this person was very depressed, a deep level of depression, that deep depression that is in that person, a bit of it enters into me. Now, as a result of my intercourse with that particular person, me that needed only $10 to be happy yesterday. I now need 15 If I don't pay $15 after I've added these new complications to my life, I will not be able to be happy. Life will be difficult because I've added complications and I have not compensated for the complications. Now, that's just for one person. I will now add another person to it. Now, me that needed only $10 to have peace of mind, to have joy, to have happiness. And I now need $20 because I've added new complications. Let's say I now sleep with someone who has an unbelievable amount of baggage that it can even be possible that this person in their bloodline, their family, they were all dedicated to a particular deity and there are some conditions that put on them that once you sleep with this person, this and this will happen. Now, because of that, me that needed only $10 to have peace of mind, to be happy, and I need 75.
0: Are we understanding what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yes, yes,
0: yeah. ah, okay. Um, hi, L. Uh,
11: so, yes. I've heard situations where they say, um, when sex actually happens between two people, there can be transfers of demons and crosses. Is that course. What?
6: of course, is what I'm saying? I'm just trying not to get too spiritual so that we don't scare anybody, but <laughs> you know? well, that's what I'm saying. Wow, yeah because uh now like i said me that needed ten dollars to be happy because of these four people i've added now i need 75. if i don't have that 75 to pay ah sorrow and tragedy is going to be upon you see now imagine if i'm a person that has like 20. that's a whole lot of addition a whole lot of complication a whole lot of difficulty because now I'm not just combating the things that were primarily in myself. I'm not combating the things that were in the first person, combating the things that were in the second person, the third, the fourth, up to the 20th. Most people die without even getting 20% into into this battle. You know, most people, and fundamentally speaking, this is why because like I always try to explain, you know, what I'd like to do, i like to have us understand. i like to have us understand. So there's a lot of spiritual aspects of it. I'm just trying to, for now, I'm not trying to go too much into that. I just want to just talk about the logical part of it. You know, for us to understand why in every part of the world, it doesn't, every culture, every people, in all history, this is why they talk about, or rather they speak against, Fornication. Because, like I explained, just by touching someone with your hand, there's already an exchange between you and that person. That's why you see some people who are very, very spiritual, who have really taken their time to cultivate their atmosphere in such a way that they emanate a lot of life and, you know, vitality. They don't like to touch people anyhow. They don't even like to hug you. you want to hug you? They say, No, no, don't touch me. It's not because they're proud. It's not because they're rude. They don't want to complicate what they have achieved. Do we understand that? Do we understand yes, that? Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes,
4: sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
6: yeah. So it's not about pride or anything. Those are people are proud, but the idea of a very spiritual person saying, Oh, don't touch me. Is because that's why, for example, Jesus Christ, the moment that woman touched him, life removed from him and entered into her. And he was like, Oh. Virtue left me, you know, because that's what happens, especially people who have really developed a lot of spiritual presence. Their body itself is like like the sun, it's like light, it's always emanating. You know, uh Lagos market is a serious stuff. (laughs) You know? So they were like, don't touch me because they don't want you to add complications to that which they have already achieved. Because once complication happens, The money that you were paying yesterday will no longer be sufficient because now there are new things involved. Are we understanding that? Once a new complication happens, you now need more money to sustain yourself. So yesterday, to be happy cost $10. Now, when you've added this new complication, you now need $20 to achieve that same happiness. Does that make sense, guys? Yes,
1: it does. It makes
6: yeah, it a lot of sense. It, yes, does. it does. Yes, you know. Think about when we were children. Happiness was so easy because we didn't have any baggage. We didn't have any complications. But as we started getting older and baggage started to add up in our lives, because we were not compensating for the baggages that were coming up, happiness started getting harder and harder and harder. Because when a new complication enters your life, you have to compensate for the change, you know. It's just like, for example, now. The world is going digital, you know. It's changing. For a, company to remain, um, for a company to remain relevant in this time, they have to start to transcend from a physical presence to a digital presence. If they don't move from physical to digital, they are going to suffer for it. Because this is the change that is not happening in the environment. The same thing with, with us. As children growing up, all we had to do is just wake up in the morning. I think the biggest headache we had is homework, you know, or maybe lazy bed or nothing, nothing serious. So happiness was easier then because there were less complications. When we entered into high school now, you know, that was the first time we knew that a person could be fat or skinny. Someone will come and meet you, oh, look at your big stomach. you this boy, you this girl, you're fat, <laughs> you know. Now, that's the complication that has happened in our life. When those complications happen, this is why there should be counselors in school to help those children start to adapt to this new complication so that that happiness they had at eight, they can still maintain it all throughout their life because they are compensating for the change, compensating for the change, compensating for the change. Do you understand what I mean by compensating, compensating for the change?
3: Yeah,
4: we do. I think... Wait, can I ask, do you mean when there's a change, you kind of put
9: something there to balance it?
6: When I'm a woman, when I, when I exist as one man, right, for me to eat food and be okay, I need $100. The moment I add a woman to my life, I now become two people. For me to eat, I need $150. When I now have three kids, I am now five people. I need $400 to eat. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? That's the compensation I'm talking about. It costs more to sustain ourselves the more complications enter into our life. Do you understand? You know? And as I gave the example, as teenagers, when people started saying, oh, you're fat, oh, Olodo Rabata, oh, look at you, you're not a fine girl, you're not a fine boy, oh, don't touch me, you're, you're, you're a dead guy. All those complications that we didn't experience. In, in, in the home or in primary school, when those complications start to enter our lives, that is why we need a counselor who starts to work on our mind, work on our psychology, for you to begin to compensate for these new complications. If there is no one like that to help us in the teen years, that's how teenagers enter into depression and they just go, it, some bad things just happen. And most of us are victims of that. Now, that happiness we had as children, we can't have it anymore, you know because we're not compensating for the different complications that has entered into our life. Every person one has a sexual intercourse with physically. Like I said, all kinds of sexual intercourse brings, creates an exchange. But when we talk about the penetration of the phallus of a man into the uterus of of, of the woman, that is one of the most potent forms of exchange that is in existence. Once that happens, Data stored in this person A goes into person B, and data stored in person B goes into person A. Whether it's demon possession, whether it's covenant with whatever COVID, whether it's witchcraft, whether it's even the Holy Spirit, all those things begin to exchange between the two people, you know, in that instant. And every other person that you add to that list, that kind of exchange keeps happening. And now you see, from each person that you're interacting with, a fresh layer of complication, a fresh layer of complication, a fresh layer of complication. So let's say before you met this person, your loss was level ten, right? And to sort out that loss of level ten, we needed only five dollars. Now, when you now added this person to your life, that person's loss entered into you. Now your loss is level twenty. To sort, to to have peace, we now need $20 for you to be stable. If you sleep with this person and you, have, you, add, 10, um, you add level 10 more of lost to add to the 10 you had, making 20, and you don't pay that, that difference, oh, my, you see that you, that you're we're a very, we're very um, um, controlled man or controlled woman, all of a sudden, you can't control yourself. It applies to, so Joy, Joy asked the question. She said, does this also apply to the sexual contact between people of the same gender? It applies to sex of any kind, you know? But same gender is, um, is a different thing entirely, you know? If I speak very plainly, the kind of complications that one brings is, um, is something else. That's why, and uh, this is something that's scientifically proven in the homosexual community they are more sexually transmitted diseases than any other community in the world. Because the complications that come as a result of it are so much that the thing creates a dense form, which takes the form of syphilis and all these different things. These are those names you call it, but this, this, this STDs, it doesn't begin physically. It begins first in the realm of the emotions because life is, it begins up and it comes down. So all these illnesses we're seeing, syphilis, different ones, all these different kinds of things, they didn't begin physically. They began on the inside of the person. And then from that inside, that, um, that disease that began in their emotions on their mind started to take a material form, you know. Because like we explained last week, for there to be a continuum of life, there has to be a giver and there has to be a receiver. If two of us are talking now, right, and I'm talking and you're talking, kind of noise happens because now no one is receiving anything it's just chaotic do you guys understand what i'm saying when two people are both speaking and no one is listening a kind of chaos is happening do you understand that huh you know yeah yeah. that is like a kind of mathematics that chaos that's happening can be spoken of mathematics spoken of mathematically and it can be called a faulty equation and that's why it's noisy when two people are both speaking, you know. First to understand homosexuality, what understand it? Let's remove the physical body first. Let's understand it in a different way. When you take a north pole magnet and another north pole magnet, when you bring them together, you see that there's a fight that starts to happen, a chaos is happening because this is not meant to be so. So when you try and put those two dot poles magnets together, it's a kind of mathematical imbalance is happening. So the same thing happens when two men or two women come together more especially with men because men are the projective force so two men are coming together and both of them are projecting energy but there's no one to receive it now all that energy is just there and that's why you see when they say a place is too there's too much testosterone you know that's why, for example when you have five dogs together they can kill themselves because there's no receiving force in the mix you know That's why when you have a group of men, there's only men there, they just ego, they're barking their heads, you know. That's why, for example, I said that even though a person is physically masculine, they could be emotionally feminine. So for for 10 men to survive in a room, you realize that some men are masculine and some men are feminine. Do we understand that? Yeah. Do, Do you understand that? The rest of us, do we understand?
1: Yeah. Is anyone
0: confused?
4: I have a question, though. Okay. Um, you said that someone could be physically masculine and emotionally feminine. Does it make the person kind of effeminate, or is it, is it wrong for that to happen? So if, if there's a woman and she's emotionally masculine, is that wrong? Is that how it's supposed to be?
6: So like we explained before, we said that life is complete in the balance. And every man and every woman was supposed to get to the place where there's a balance between the masculine and the feminine side of us. When a man is too masculine, it is very detrimental and it's not good. It's destructive. Also, when a man is too feminine, it's also very detrimental. It's not good. So when you see a man that is a feminine, the feminine aspect of himself is completely exaggerated. You know? And when it's so exaggerated on the emotional plane, because he so, is such a receiver and not a giver, a woman cannot satisfy him because women naturally are receivers. So he can't establish an emotional bond with a woman. That's why he now finds a man who is emotionally masculine. Now, because they start to connect on an emotional level, that connection that begins on an emotional level, they now bring it down to the physical plane and they now have a physical sexual intercourse. Which is against the law because, physically speaking, the masculine body is a giver, and the feminine body is a receiver. It's against the laws of nature, and when something is against the laws of nature, once you attempt it, it like I explained, it can there's a marriage cannot happen between them. It's just, I'm trying to find the right words to explain. When they come together, they because there's no there's no receiver. A bond can never happen on on physical plane. It just creates all kinds of chaos and it becomes a mess,
0: you know. How do we balance or correct that? Fantastic question. I mean, you know,
6: the way nature is normally designed, you know. That's why a man and a woman come together. Men naturally have the masculine side dominant in them, naturally, you know. A woman naturally have the feminine side dominant in them. When a man who is masculine comes in contact with a woman who is feminine, both of them start to balance each other out. The man in a healthy way starts to develop a healthy emotional side. And that's why I see a man who will tell you, oh, I cannot cry. Blah, 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 the moment he meets a woman, he starts to cry. He starts to talk about his feelings. He'll say, oh, this is nothing you said. It's hurting me. You know, they start to, the feminine nature starts to come out. They, are, they, are, they, are, they become more comfortable to receive. Because men are always trying to give. They're trying to give. And if you want to, if, when it comes to receiving anything, they are proud. Because the masculine nature is to give. The feminine nature is to receive. So when a man is very psychologically masculine, he's always trying to give, 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 give. But he's, he doesn't deceive. He could be ashamed to receive. But when he meets a woman that starts to balance him out, that feminine nature starts to come out and he now starts to learn how to say, I need this. I would like if you spoke to me this way. All these things starts to come out and that's when the man becomes healthy. The same applies to the woman. She now starts to develop the masculine side in a very healthy way, you know. And that's how the woman becomes healthy because the masculine and the feminine are developed well in both of them. But you see, That is not always the case. Because you could have a man who is masculine that will meet a woman who is also masculine. Those kind of people, they are the ones that they fight six days a week. Because both of them are givers. No one wants to receive, you know. And uh, I'm sure if we, we, some of us, if we think about ourselves, or we think about people we know, we can already imagine this. can any of us think, have we ever, ever seen that kind of thing before? Yes. You know? The same applies when a man is very feminine and the woman is very feminine. There is never a fulfillment in such a relationship. It's just empty, you know, because there has to be a giver and there has to be a receiver. So this is the question in regards to Toby Taiwo. how do we balance or correct that? you know, now I said, naturally, the way God designed it is for a man to meet a woman that helps him to balance that out, but that's not always the case, and in this day and time, you know, and this is something that is very known in psychology, you know, a person who has the masculine side more dominant, you know, when they start to talk to maybe the therapist, they start to tell him, okay, you need to start to talk about your feelings, you need to talk about what you like to see, you need to be able to you know, cry about certain things, you need to open up your emotions, you know, uh, for a person who is, um, who is very feminine, that person has to, because when a person is feminine, they just want to receive, they don't want to give anything, you know, they want to receive all the love, they want to receive all the attention, they want to receive all the emotion, but to give is very difficult, so that kind of person has to learn how to start to give, how to be proactive, how to, how to be assertive, how to stand their ground, and, you know, Because to stand one's ground is a masculine quality. To back down is a feminine quality. But a man and woman, both of them have to know how to stand their ground and how to submit. But when you have a man and woman who are both people who only know how to stand their ground, chaos is the only outcome. Because someone has to know how to submit. Both of them have to know how to submit. And that's how relationships become beautiful. When the man knows how to stand his ground and he knows how to submit, when the woman knows how to stand her ground and she knows how to submit, because this is when the masculine and the feminine are balanced in them. Do we understand this?
1: Yeah, I do. Thanks, Rufi. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, amazing. So,
6: going back to what we were talking about, you know, when two people come together, you know, Like I said, let's say before you had anger worth $10. For you to be happy, you need to put an effort or payment of $10 to nullify that anger. The moment you create a bond with this person, their own anger enters into you. Now, your anger that that was a debt of $10 now becomes $20. Now, you need $20 to be happy. If you have added this person's complications to your life and you don't increase your payment happiness will be so difficult to find. And you find that you're just getting angry, angry, angry all the time. Now, if you now add ten more people to that, you that only needed $10 to calm yourself down, you now need $150 or $200. The same applies with lust. The same applies with greed. It applies with all these different kinds of qualities. Because as you have entered into intercourse with that person, the qualities inside of them, good and bad, have also entered inside of you. Now, you who are an independent person, Managing yourself, because everyone has their own problems they're born with. you already have problems. Once you're born in this world, you're born with problems. The way the world has been designed, because humanity has fallen, we inherit depth from our parents, definitely. Mental depth, psychological depth, some of physical depths. Physical depth express itself as different kinds of sicknesses we're born with,
0: um,
6: um, illness in the blood, different kinds of things. All these things are deaths that make happiness very difficult to achieve, that make joy very difficult to achieve. So in the ancient times, when they want people, I'm just giving the logical explanation of it now. I'm not talking about spiritual side. I'm just leaving that for now. Maybe we'll go into that after. In the ancient times, when they tell people, hey, stop going around sleeping with many different people because each person that you interact with, you create a marriage with them. You create a bond with them. And that bond comes with every single one of their complications. And your life that was very simple and easy to maintain before now becomes so increasingly complex. So complex that the only way you can ever attain that happiness of yesterday is if you become 10 times stronger. And most people are weak, you know. When complications happen, they don't adapt and they don't, they're not able to put their extra strength to do it. Because for example now, a very beautiful example I'll give, you know, I remember in the year 2015, before then, I mean, I was sexually active, but I'd never masturbated before. The one unfortunate afternoon, I don't know what inspired me. I just said, you know what? Let us test this interesting uh, mechanism. And then I tested it out. Now, (laughs) the moment I tried that masturbation, The amount of energy that I needed to keep myself um, from lost was no longer sufficient to handle that amount of, it was no longer sufficient for me to handle the pressure that came as a result of me opening that gate of pornography. Does that make sense? So let's say for me to be calm in my house, I need energy level 10. The moment I tried pornography, I now needed energy level 50 for me to have that same calmness. Now, the reason why I kept on going back to that pornography, back to that pornography, is because there is a need for me to have energy level 50, but I'm still treating myself like energy level 10. Do we understand that? Yes, I do. Yeah? The rest of us, do we understand that? Is anyone confused? Okay.
2: Yeah, I understand.
6: Exactly. I needed to upgrade. That's the best word: upgrade. So the moment I introduced pornography into my life, for me to be able to remain calm, I needed to upgrade myself. Now, the reason why I remained a slave to pornography for so long was because I did not upgrade. Because the moment a complication enters your life, you must upgrade. Once you have a child, this is a complication. When I say complication, I don't mean a good or bad thing. I'm just saying an addition to your life. Once there's a child in your life, you have to upgrade. If not, you're going to suffer because now you need only hundred dollars to eat, but for the fact that there's an extra person in your life, you need more money. You will have problems if you don't have that more money. If you have more money, you won't have problem. So most of us were going around adding different complications to our life, adding different complications. And it gets so much, you know, because we've gone all these years of creating all these different bonds, adding all these different things to our life, and there was no compensation for it, you know. And that's why you find people who are so deep in all kinds of things, deep in depression, deep in rage, deep in lust, deep in all kinds of things that following god becomes something that is almost impossible because you are just imprisoned in, in many different areas and to come out is a battle fundamentally this is why this spoke against fornication on a very fundamental level like i said we're not even talking about the spiritual things now but i'm talking about the fundamental level the moment you are sleeping with different people you are imputing things recorded inside of them, inside of you, you know. So Ebele asked, how does one upgrade in the case of sexual intercourse, porn or masturbation? The moment a person introduces any new thing into their life, extra effort has to be put in order to maintain a balance in their life. So before, right, let's say for example, before I ever watched pornography, you know, I could, you know, watch any movie I like, I could go to any place, I could have any kind of conversation with anyone that I like. But the moment pornography has been introduced, all those conversations that where I could have peacefully, all of a sudden, those conversations are triggers for me to go and run to my computer. True or
1: false? Huh?
6: True. You understand? So before, I could watch any movie in peace, you know, I could talk different kinds of conversations in peace. But the moment I've added this thing now, those things that I was doing peacefully, all of a sudden, Every single one of them are like triggers. Now, I have to now be able to stop myself from that to begin to cut all these different things. Because I have, for example, like a person who has never taken cocaine, you know. If I've never taken cocaine before, I can easily sit down in a crack house with peace of mind. I will never be affected because there's no cocaine inside of me. There's no bond between me and cocaine. So even if you put all the cocaine on the floor, it can't shake me. But the moment I touch it, I can no longer live the way I was living before the cocaine because my world has changed. That place I was going to easily, I can't go there again because my world has not changed. I have to adapt to this new thing that's happened. But if I've taken cocaine, my world has changed. But I'm still living the same way I was living before that happened. That is when I will keep staying in that problem. Because once you've introduced something like pornography or whatever, you can't, be, you can't live the same way you lived anymore because your life has become more complex. You have to increase your dosage. Do we understand that? Whatever effort you are putting to survive yesterday has to double. You might even have to triple for you to maintain that same happiness because you have added a new complication. Now, this same thing applies when we talk about soul tie, you know. Because conventionally in Africa, we all know, we talk about it, so spirit husband, spirit wife, it's still the same thing, it still relates to this sexual conversation that we're having, you know. I'll give an example. A real life example. And um, so my grandmother, my grandmother was from Edo State. And um, in those days, her family were were servants of what is known as or oloku. oloku goddess in, uh, in Edo state, Isha. Now, because that's what my grandmother was born into, you know, she dedicated all her children. Exactly, Ebele, what you said is exactly true. That's exactly why, yes. Ebele said, like Jesus could go with sinners because there was nothing in him, but if someone else copies that with everything in them, they can fall, exactly. So for someone to fall, it means that there's a relationship between you and that thing in that environment. But when there's nothing between you and them, it, what, it can not affect you, you know? So for someone who is, has so much of um, drugs in their body, you can't, you, can't, you can't be living life as though you never had drugs before. You can't, your life has changed. So you have to change for that. And the problem most people make is that when they add complications, they don't adapt. They still want to live life like the way they did. And that's why people don't come out of bondage you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's the point. So, yeah, my grandmother, she, she dedicated all her children to this on local um, deity, which was a, a water spirit. And my mom, they made a particular contract with that spirit that my mom will be married to that spirit. And my mom will never marry any man. So that's what my mom was born into. My mom is a pastor now, by the grace of God, thank God for that. And she she was able to walk out of that body. That's what she was born into. Now, because she was married to that spirit, they created it. my grandmother created a contract for my mother's life. Those days when my mom was young, if she's dating any man in the middle of the night, they will begin to beat that man. And you, you the, the, the beating will happen in the dream, but on his body, he will be feeling the pain. The mark is there. Many men ran away from her, saying that she was a witch. I mean, of course, for good reason. How can, they, how can you say you want to be with this girl and they're beating you in the night? What kind of, <laughs> you know, thing is that? It was a spirit husband. And the spirit husband was very jealous. So any boyfriend she has, they will beat them. One of them, they even beat him to the point that he ran on the street, naked, you know. It was only my dad that stayed. He got to the point where my dad sometimes in night there was one time they teleported him to a beach and they put him on a cross and he started to pray, he started to pray. That's how I was able to find himself back inside of the room, you know. He would wake up and be crying, you say, You this woman, where are you? <laughs> what kind of death of I carrying on my head? <laughs> you know. But glory be to God, thank God my dad was resilient, you know. That was actually what led them to God. Is this kind of problem that made them find Jesus Christ? <laughs> You know, that's when they run to church. They say, you know, so some problems are good because look at that problem led them to Jesus. But thank God for that. You know. So definitely from him interacting with my mom, with all those things that she had, had, had developed from her bloodline, of course, all those, that's why they could do all those things with him. Because now that contract that was with my mom, by reason of him, of him having sex with her, that contract extended to him. And now they had a, they had a gateway into him because him and my mom had bonded. You know, like I said, a bond happens when there's a piece of me in you, and a piece on you, or a piece of you in that person. So the moment a piece of my mom entered into my dad, in that moment he also became connected to that local, and they had a right to do what they did to him because the bond has been established. You know. Now, if we have slept with people who they have those they have kind of contracts in their bloodline. A lot of us have, but you don't even know, you know. There are different kind of contracts. Some of them, they, 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 they become active based on different things. It could be from anger, a particular level of anger that will reach. The moment we reach that anger, it will immediately open up something that has been locked for a few hundred years. And they will start to start to experience things that we do not even know. Many different facts. Some of us is when we start to become very promiscuous that we open up something that was locked for you. So many see as we're here, we don't know what our forefather has done, you know. So people think that oh, I don't believe in all these things. This belief doesn't matter when we talk about belief doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter for this kind of thing, you know. So when one sleeps with that kind of person, all that information, all that data, you know, enters and there's an exchange. Now, the moment an exchange happens between you and that person, it doesn't ever go away. That idea of, oh, if I pray, if I pray, if I pray, the soul tie will break. But I'm still doing everything that made, the soul, made that tie happen. That made that tie happen. It won't work. Like I said, when a new complication enters into a person's life, what must happen? That person has to upgrade and go beyond that
0: complication.
7: Sorry, can you explain that please?
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
6: The moment a bond happens between two things, right, that bond has happened. For me to be okay again, I have to grow beyond that level. For example now, Let me give it, I'm looking for the best example to give. Because in life, when we talk about evolution, for you to become something new, what you were yesterday has to die for something new to be built. But that something new that is built, right, still has inside of itself that thing that was there before, except now it has been disintegrated. So for example now, for Tuesday to come to be Monday has to dissolve. Monday has to die for Tuesday to be born. But in this Tuesday that has been born, Monday is still inside of it, but disintegrated. Does that make sense? Do we understand that? Yes.
7: Yes. So basically, a soul tie can never be broken.
6: Your voice is also
0: clear, Fola. Could you maybe come to your mic a bit?
4: Hold on a second, sir. Okay. Hi, can you hear me now?
0: Uh-huh, very, well. very
4: well. Okay, sorry, I was connected to my car. Um, so I said, so ba- are you basically saying that a soul tie can never be broken? I'm saying or that... Or a bond can never be broken? Once a
6: bond has been established, it has become a part of you. That is now you. That's who you are now. You, you are changed because you have added that thing into yourself. So that's now who you are. For you to dissolve the influence of that thing, you have to now become more than what you are. So, for example, instead of prime six, it's prime one, two, three, and five. Does that make sense?
4: Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay.
6: So it's a kind of evolution, you know. You have to go beyond what you were yesterday for that thing that you had you had become to no longer have effect. So, so it's not, I want, yeah, Sorry. Go ahead. Go
4: Okay, so I was going to say, so basically, is deliverance just like a, a myth?
6: The, I'm explaining deliverance now because what is deliverance? The way the people explain it, that's why you see a lot of people, they go for deliverance in two weeks, that thing will trouble you again. So it tells you that there's something wrong with that system because they don't understand what deliverance is, right? When we say deliverance, when we talk about deliverance, in a very simple term, let's look at deliverance as someone coming out of prison. You must understand, for you to have been in that prison yesterday, there was a crime that you did that put you there. Now, if I bring you out of that prison and you go back and perform that crime that put you there in the first place, you are back in the same place. That's why Jesus Christ, when he heals the person, he will say, don't go and sin again or else something worse can happen to you. Because that that problem, that um, connection, that bond, Came as a result of an act that you did. If someone helps you to separate yourself from that and you go back to that same thing, you add it against yourself and accept it to be much stronger. I can liken it onto bacteria in the body. The doctor will tell you, finish your antibiotics. Make sure you finish the whole program. Because if you don't finish the whole program and some bacteria remain, they will come back stronger. So what the Bible talks about seven times is still the same. Like I said, all of nature is the same. It expresses itself the same way in different dimensions. So what Jesus Christ talked about how they will come back seven times more wicked, we can understand it with bacteria. When bacteria is not properly dealt with, it comes back stronger. And the same happens with all the spirit and stuff like that. When we talk about a person who has, like I said, let's stop looking at Sota as a big event. Every moment you interact with anything in your environment, a bond is being achieved between you and that thing. Life, there's no way you can live in this life without having bonds. It's, it's there. You have a bond with your mom, which is a kind of soul tie. You have a bond with your sister, which is a kind of soul tie. Every bond you're having with different kinds of people creates some kind of tie. You know, Guys, could we do some activity in the chat? It's, it's a bit distracting, you know.
0: Now, when a person engages in, in, um, in um, physical sexual intercourse with another person,
6: like I said, transference of information happens in any kind of interaction, but when two people come together for the physical act, that transference becomes even more potent. And a great amount of what that person is, enters into you, and a great amount of what you are, enters into them. Now, in that moment, you are no longer for last, you are now for last 1.5, because as you've added that yourself, you've updated in a sense, except now you've probably updated with some more problems that are more than what you had yesterday. Now, when you've updated and you have new problems in your life, as a result of this bond with this person, you as a person, you, you have to grow beyond what you were yesterday you know, and the best way to understand this is through, um, is through um, the best way to understand what I'm saying. This is the best way. Vaccine. When all of us were children, for us to be vaccinated from polio, they had to inject polio into our body. When they injected polio into our body in a light dose, the antibodies inside of our in, in, in our physical body adapted to that change and now put polio under dominion. But you see, the polio never goes away. As we well are here now, all of us have polio inside of ourselves. But because our antibodies are bigger than that polio, the polio is nullified. Does that make sense? Do we understand that?
0: Yeah, sure, it does.
6: Huh?
4: Yeah, yes. sorry, I'm driving, but yeah, I totally
6: yeah. get you. I totally get this. Thank uh-huh. you. So as well as here like this, we're all carriers of polio. But because we have now transcended that polio, because we have become bigger than it, it's nullified and it's almost as if it doesn't exist. You understand? So the same thing is with all these bonds. When it has happened, when this complication happens in our life, when we go beyond it, you know, like I said, if someone you by you interacting with the person, you had lost that was a depth of $10. Now, because of your interaction with them, your loss has now become $50. If you have that $50 to pay, you have nullified that thing. You understand? But no matter what, you always will have a liability of $50 because of that bond you made. That $50 liability is there. When you have money be, to pay that to pay for that liability, then it's not a fight. But the moment you no longer have money, that thing shows its face again. Do we understand?
2: Yes, I do.
6: we understand? I hope it's not too... uh, um, What's the word? Too economical, but that's the best way to understand it because it's like economics, you know? And that's where when we talk about When we talk about um, the flesh, that's why Paul said to put the flesh under dominion. The flesh doesn't disappear per se. The flesh becomes dominated. Because right now, the flesh is the one dominating us. What has to happen is that we now in turn dominate it. So it's always going to be there. I want us to understand, for what you saw in the wilderness, right? Jesus Christ had the capacity to disobey God. It was a possibility in him. He's not a robot. He had free will. It was very possible for him to disobey God. If it wasn't possible for him to disobey God, it would not have been a temptation. But that possibility in him was under dominion, so it was nullified. But some of us that possibility in us is not under dominion. And that's why it appears in the forefront. Some of us, if it's the first two days, after they day one, we have already broken the fast, we cannot achieve it, you know.
1: In that kind of sense. So there's no point a person will get to in life that, let's say I can
6: become the most, most, most illuminated saint in the world. It's still possible for me to turn my back away from God. But if, what makes a person powerful is when that possibility in them is under dominion and they have it under control. So yes, it's possible for me to lie, but that nature of lying inside of me is so under dominion, it's so nullified that it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it appears as though it doesn't exist. Do you understand that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
6: To give a beautiful example, you know, like I said, polio is still inside of us. It's just that our cells have transcended in a way that they keep polio under subjection. If something perchance happens that will alter this um, adaptation that my cells have had, that polio that I had power over will, all of a sudden have power over me. Because polio never goes away. It's there except it's under dominion. And that's why there is no circumstance that is good that evil cannot come out of it. Because evil is always inside of good except it's suppressed. The moment a good circumstance comes to us, even if it's given to us by God, you know, even if God brings the best circumstance to us, that circumstance has inside of itself an evil that can come into existence if you abuse it. So, someone can give you $1 million now. That $1 million for it to be a blessing or a cause depends on how you use it because everything in life has good and evil in it. I'm just saying this to help us understand why I say that the polio doesn't ever disappear. It remains. It's just that it's not under subjugation. So when you say something is good, it's not good because evil doesn't exist. It's good because evil has been subjugated. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. Yes. Huh? It's good because evil has been subjugated. The moment that good thing is misused, that subjugated evil comes out. And that's why anything that is called evil, when you trace it to the root, you will find something good. Because evil doesn't have independent existence. It's existence is dependent on good. And that's why for me to tell a lie, I need the truth first. Because a lie is only a distortion of truth. So inside of every lie exists, so inside of every truth exists a lie in potential. A lie that is under subjection. The moment I bring it out, then I'll say a lie has come. So the same applies to when we're talking about soul ties and bonds. Once I've bonded with this person, that has entered into me. I have become something new. My life has changed. It's not going anywhere. What must happen? I now have to put that thing under subjugation. So like I said, before I slept with this particular person or before I made this particular bond, because like I said, sex expresses itself in different ways. The moment I, for example, the moment I, I um, take cocaine, that's the kind of sexual intercourse because a bond is achieved between me and that cocaine. Once I do that, my life has changed. In order for me to be okay, I need much more effort because this cocaine has added a complication in my life. You know, a complication that doesn't ever go away. What must happen? I must get bigger than it. Let me make this statement. In life, a question is never answered. A question is only transcended. Because when you ask a question, when you receive an answer, you realize that that answer will bring a new question.
1: True or false? Huh?
6: True. True. You know? So life literally is from question to question to question to question to question. You know, because all these things that we have started, like wisdom, anything that we add into our life has been added into our life. It doesn't go away. The best way I can say it: every new, every sexual intercourse that happens, whether it's with my phone whether it's with a new type of food, whether it's with a drug, whether it's with a man or a woman, that thing creates a kind of liability. It could be $10. It could be $50. It could be $70. But that liability will forever remain in us. For us to be out of debt, we have to have more money. So before I slept with this particular girl, or before I slept with this particular boy, my liability was only $10. Once I slept with them, my liability became 25 Now, for me to, have, for me to be out of debt, I need $25. Now, I add three more people into my body count. And I now need $100 to stay out of debt. Now, we keep on going, we keep on going. I can reach to the point where I need $1,000 to stay out of debt. If I don't have that $1,000 to pay, that is when I'll be in debt. That is when we say a person is under the dominion of sin. Do we understand that?
1: Yeah, I think I do.
6: Yeah? So what are thoughts or questions so far from what i it said? Because I feel like I've been talking too much, man. <laughs> I want to hear what
7: are, what
6: are thoughts and everything that you said?
9: <laughs> so, um, if, I, if I get you correctly, I actually have a question, but let me say this mm. first to see if I really understand the concept of transcending the bond and the soul ties. So I think for me, I think it has a lot to do with acceptance in a way, because using mm. that cocaine addiction example, mm. the only way the person comes out of it is acceptance by going through a withdrawal.
0: Something like
9: that. Something like that. So. I don't know if it really makes sense. And then you now using the example of um, having to pay debt of $10, it doesn't negate the fact that that debt isn't there. I think what you have to do is uh-huh. make more so you exactly. can pay and have extra that makes you happy. Exactly. So is that, is that, is that um, am I on the right path like exactly. that? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay, so yes. transcending it is making more.
6: You have to make more so money now. even though,
9: Yes, yes. So, because even though the liability is there, you can always pay for it when it requires payment, sort of.
6: Exactly. So, so for example, vote. if... Yes. So, for example, a family man... Oh, for the fact that I have a wife and three kids, I will always have a liability of 50,000 Naira a month. That liability yeah. never goes away. It's there. I would say I'm in problem when I don't have money to pay. But the moment I have money to pay, the problem, it looks as if the problem is not there.
9: But it's there, it's just
6: that it's, yes. It's there, it's just that I have money to pay for it. The moment I don't have money to pay, the problem will appear again. You understand? Now, the more complications we add to our life, the more life. So, someone like Dangote now, Dangote's liability is probably in hundreds of millions. You get my point? What it takes for Dangote to be happy is not like you. You get my point? So, the more one has, has complications, the more expensive mm. it is to have
7: happiness,
6: yes. to have stability, to be whole. Okay. You
7: know? okay. So, so like my you question. Said, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, go
9: ahead. Ask so, your question. my question. Yeah, this question is going to sound very weird. I've been thinking if I should ask or not. So, we're talking about ties and how... We're always saying it in how it adds problems to the person's life. Sorry for asking, but I have to ask.
6: Complications. Is it
9: always, complications, yes. Is it always in the negative aspect? No. Like, Is there... Look, let me, for example, now, this person had anger. Yes, you got anger, you got lost. Is it also possible to have a bond or a sota in form of, okay, taking a good part of the person? Of course, like, I don't know if you understand... Okay, 100%. because
6: Life is always
9: we're, always, balanced. we're always looking at it in the negative um, problems and complications we get from the person. So I'm beginning to wonder, does he ever have any good in it or something? Yeah, so that was my question.
6: Yeah, absolutely. For example, now, if I as an individual, let's say I'm a man now, and I have developed mm. so many marvelous virtues, and I take a woman who is not, who, who is not um, very, quote-unquote, virtuous, By my interaction with her, you know, I will
1: depreciate a bit and she will start to increase.
6: Does that make sense?
1: Please say it again. again. If I'm a person
6: who has a lot of good um, virtues developed inside of me, a lot of beautiful qualities inside of me, and I, I marry a woman who doesn't have all those qualities, She's very bad. By my union with her, like I said, things from me will enter her, things from her will enter me. My good qualities will lift out from her, quote-unquote, spiritual poverty. And her bad qualities will kind of depreciate me. Do you understand?
4: Okay, yes. I get it.
6: But there will be an exchange.
7: Hmm.
6: You know, there will be an exchange between two of us. That which is in me will enter her, and that which is in her will enter me. That's why, historically speaking, cultures then, this is why they didn't used to mix with other tribes. It was because of this. They didn't want to collect that depth of those tribes. They didn't want to do that. Mm. Because once you mingle with another tribe, you're collecting what is in them. And especially when, it, for example, like Israel. But the way God has designed it, when you develop up to a point where you're very rich, you have to be ready to sacrifice yourself. You have to be ready to lose some of what you have gained to lift up another person. And that's why God will be telling those people, listen, listen, listen. It's time to spread out. It's time to go out. It's time to merge with other people. If they don't listen, war will come. And that war can maybe put them into slavery. Something will happen, but that which is in them, it will spread to other people. And that's how it's been in history.
11: You know? Yes, you know.
6: So when God will tell them not to intermarry, it's usually for a particular period in time because you could see that the same God that said don't marry is the same God that said that which I've called clean, don't call unclean, because everything has purpose. So it could be for a particular time when God is trying to cultivate a certain thing in them to make sure that they are good enough that when they enter into a place, their presence will leave that place from poverty to wealth as opposed to them entering that place and being dragged to poverty. That's why Jesus Christ could stay among harlots and all these different kind of things because he was very rich. He was richer than them. So no matter how much you stay in their their presence, he is the one lifting them up. They can't pull him down. Does that make sense? Yes,
1: Yes, it does. It does. Do you
6: understand that? So everything in life is economics and mathematics. For you to, for you to, if, a person has more evil in themselves than you have good, when you stay in their life, they will exhaust all the good inside of you and then they will begin to produce evil out of you. But when you have more good than a person has evil, you will exhaust all the evil in them and then you start to bring out good from them. Does that make sense? Do you understand that?
4: Sorry, can you yes, say yes, that again, yes, please?
6: Yes. I said that. Let's look at it with numbers now. Let's say a rich man is in the plus side and a poor man/spiritually like poor man is in the negative side. Let's say a very angry person. Their spiritual account is minus 50. Me, I'm the good one my spiritual account is only plus 20. By the time I intermingle with them, hmm? like I said, I'm plus 20, they're minus 50. By the time I intermingle with them, I will leave them from minus 50 to minus 30. And by the time they reach minus 30, me, I'm already on zero. By the time I now get to that zero, they will start to pull me into the minus and twelve of us will enter minus together. Do we understand that analogy?
5: Yeah, yes.
6: Do you understand that analogy? Mm-hmm. If, however, a person is minus 50 and me, I'm 100, by my interaction with them, I lift them up to what? I leave them to zero, then I start bringing them into the plus side. So, someone like Jesus now, you know, we can say that guy is probably on 10 billion and maybe someone, like one of these people on the street, they're like minus 50. It's nothing. It's like Jeff Bezos paying the debt of someone of $300. This is, is, is nothing. You know, that's just the way to understand it. Jesus Christ was a rich man. He was worth billions of dollars and he's paying the debt of people with $10 a year, $15 a year, like that. So for him, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing because he's so rich that you can, your poverty you know, is not, not even recorded in his database. $10,000 is not recorded in your mind. mind. It's not a reality to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So something like that. For some of us, our bank account is only $200. So if someone takes $100 from us, they've taken half of our money and stuff like that. So These are the kind of mathematics I'm talking about. So when we engage with a person, you know, who has more virtue than us, they will depreciate while we will start to increase and stuff like that, and vice versa, you know. But the way
9: the world Sorry. is today. Huh? Sorry, so are you talking about like a
2: permanent direct debit or something like that? Like in terms of okay. accounting. A permanent is, direct debit and credit, nothing is
6: Actually, per- Nothing is permanent because if I, if I have credit and I enter into debt again, I'll fall back. You see, so I have credit now. I'm supposed to use that credit and invest in good works, invest in patience, invest in forgiveness, invest in love. That's how my account starts to increase. But if I receive money from Jesus of hundred dollars, and I start going back to bitterness, I start going back to rage. That hundred dollars is given to me. Of course, I will go back to poverty. It's mathematics. You understand? This is we have to start understanding God and and this from an economical standpoint because it really is economics. And that's why Jesus Christ said, "Can anyone build a build a house without counting the cost?" You know? Exactly. Just though he was rich, became poor. So he had to exhaust himself so that we could increase ourselves because that's nature. When there's a decrease in one place, there's an increase in another. For example, in this coronavirus season, there are some some business sectors that depreciated. But as those were depreciated, some other business sectors, they started to boom. Look at at, um, um, Elon Musk, his work over hundred or something billion dollars now. Look at uh, Jeff Bezos, $200 billion, you know? So for them to increase like that, you must realize that someone else is decreasing somewhere. This is the, this is the principle of nature,
0: you know? So it's just like this. So Timuley, you have a question. Hi, um,
9: not really a question. I just um, wanted to say that I actually could understand from the instance of question that you gave, where you said mm. that it's more like you have a question and you get the answer, but it's not like the question ever really goes away. It's just that now you have the answer. So whenever that question comes up, you're able to say, oh, exactly. yeah, this is the answer.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
6: So a person who has a business that I'm selling um, cards, Every month, I have a liability of 100,000 because I have to pay electricity, I have to pay salary, I have to pay this and that. So, at any given point in time, I always have that liability. What makes the difference is me having the money to pay that liability. So, the more we add things into our life, the bigger our liabilities. When we don't compensate for that change, that's when growth and increase can happen. And this is what happens to a lot of people, you know. We have gone to do a lot of things. We have added a lot of complications. We have put on so many liabilities. And we're not increasing our work of love. We're not increasing our work of self-control. We're not increasing our work of patience. Because you see, the patience you need in a home where everyone is polite, everyone is smiling with you, everyone is saying thank you, It's not the same patience you need in a place where people are always insulting you. When you enter a place where people are always insulting you and you try to function in the patience of that home where everyone is polite, of course you fail. Because in that place, there's a bigger liability now. And if you start treating that debt in that new place, like in that other place that you were, where things were easier, that's how you see that everything is always failing. Do we understand
1: that? Yeah. Do yes. You understand that? Yeah.
6: Okay. So far, Kemi.
12: Um, yeah, so I was trying to like understand what you meant by transcending above the sin and deliverance. And I was kinda of having a hard time um mm. understanding that because like so many churches do, you know, break soul ties, like they do deliverance and for all these things. So I was thinking about it and I was just like I think I I don't understand because I lack, well, for lack of a better word, understanding. Because I remember there was a time when um, I was in a church and the deliverance minister said, if you've come for deliverance before, don't come again. (laughs) Don't come here again. (laughs) You've already been delivered. And it was funny when he was saying it, but like looking back now, he was saying that, you know, we've already been granted the, the impartation, the the wisdom, the knowledge to transcend above what you're going through. So if you're going through it again, <laughs> I can't help you. You need to learn how to help yourself type of thing. So I, I was just kind of like recalling that instance back and now I understand what you mean about transcending sin. And then I thought about how Jesus came. Sin is still in the world. Sin is still around us. Sin is still, the temptation is still around. But Jesus coming has given us the ability to transcend above all of that. So, yeah.
6: In fact, that analogy you just brought up even even helps the conversation very well. So when we talk about transcendence, right? Last year, The moment I realize that there is $50 in my bank account, I'm going broke. I start to panic. I start to have anxiety. I start to become afraid. In that moment when there's no money, I start to become very agitated. Anybody that talks to me, I'm rude to them. I can start to start thinking of different kind of um, schemes I can do to make money, whether it's legal or illegal. I start to do all those things. When I have transcended is when next year that same $50 situation happens but in that moment I'm at peace. So the same brokenness is still there. The difference yeah. is that I have now become bigger than that brokenness. That is what yeah. is transcendence.
4: Yeah.
6: When you're bigger than your problems to so yeah. the point is that your problems don't longer exist anymore.
12: I think that understanding is why deliverance doesn't work for people because that just uh-huh. does- that right there like that's why people don't get the full they don't come out of their problems they don't live better lives because of lack of that understanding which is so vital
6: yes so now let me explain when we talk about deliverance let me explain because everything in life is mathematics and economics and we have to start understanding everything from the perspective of economics to understand when they say jesus christ came to pay a person's debt when a person comes and says I want to deliver you from this. That's a real person because there's a lot of quacks out there. A real person who is anointed and has actual spiritual currency. They have spiritual wealth. Really and really. When they touch you, they exhaust some of their money to help you to come out of that place that you didn't have money to pay for. What they've done for you is a little support. It's like a person who wants to start a business. I give you some capital to help you begin this business. Now, if I give you this capital and you don't use it for that purpose of fighting that particular battle. So let's say I want to pray on you to help you fight against anger. And before that moment, you didn't have any strength to fight the anger. But by me touching you, I have injected energy into you that can help you to fight that anger. When you fall on the ground, you roll, you roll, you roll, you go back and you don't use that energy for that purpose. That energy dissipates and that anger will come back even stronger. Do we understand that from that economic standpoint? Yes. You understand So even if we say, Jesus Christ has come to pay the debt, hmm, and then that debt we say, Jesus Christ has come to pay, and you go back to that thing, it's back to slavery now. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6. He said, Shall we continue seeing that grace might abound? For do you not know that whatever we obey we are slave we are slave to that which we obey Whether it's of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness so when we talk about this thing of salvation and if we think that oh just because i said what oh, i believe that all of a sudden slavery has disappeared it's not that that doesn't it's not it doesn't make sense it's not even biblical it's not it's it's, it's, it's a process that's why paul said of obeying God leading to righteousness or obeying the flesh leading to death. So it's a journey. And the more we obey God, the more we move towards that direction he's having us to go. The more we disobey God, the more we move against that direction he wants us to go. Every blessed moment, every decision we make pushes us towards a particular direction. Every decision. If I decide in this moment to be rude to a person, I am moving in a particular direction. And as I begin to move in that particular direction, I'm creating that reality inside of myself. I'm keeping myself in slavery. It doesn't matter if I confess Jesus is Lord hundred times. That very action I've done is a testament of my slavery and it's what keeps me in bondage. Because I say I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. But any moment a person says something I don't like, anger will tell me, listen, That person has said this thing to you now. Now you must insult them and insult their mother. When you do it, that action, that action is a testament of slavery. That is what confirms that we are still slaves. Whether we say Jesus is Lord, but that action that was done, we have showed who is our Lord and Master. You know, that's what Jesus Christ said. Why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? Because your Lord is who you obey. If I'm obeying my lust, that's my personal Lord and Savior. If I obey my fears, that's my personal Lord and Savior. If I obey my anger, my pride, that's my personal Lord and Savior. Because your Lord is someone who you obey. Do we understand that?
1: Huh? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yes. That's why um, Jesus would say, "Anybody who sins is a slave to sin."
6: So. When we, talk about, um, when we talk about deliverance, if a real person is the one praying for you, laying hands on you for a certain challenge, they're, they're giving you something that can liken onto a financial boost, a financial advance to help to kickstart your company because you didn't have money to do it. So they're just, from their own money, they're giving to you. Because if they lay hands on you, something has left them, right? But the reason why they can give is because every blessed day, they are, they are always sowing good seeds of love, of patience. So every day, they are receiving new yield. And that's why they can give you money because their business is running fine. You understand? That's why Jesus Christ could keep on giving, giving because he had a business that was any a lot of money. Just like you get in his sleep, he's any $20 million, $30 million, like that, like that. So if he pays $100,000, it doesn't affect him that much because every day he's earning new money, you know. But we who are seeing, every day, every action they were doing is putting us in debt. And because we have so much debt, to come out of this, whether it's loss or anger or whatever, we don't have the money to pay for it. Someone now has to come who has some money to give us as an assistance to help us to start our own business.
5: Sorry to interrupt you. I have a question. So, are you saying that there's no such thing as self-deliverance? That someone when literally has
6: the- to lay hands on you for you to actually be okay. No, 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 no. I'm saying that that's what happens when people lay hands on you. They're just trying to help you. But ultimately, you have to know Christ inside of yourself and you have to listen to him. But most of us, you don't listen to Christ. Assuming you listen to Christ and you obey him, that obedience is a seed that you're planting in your heart that will yield a fruit of the spirit which is wealth. So every time I, 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 I am kind to a person, Right? Every kind act I do makes me a kinder, a kinder, a kinder person. By the time I've been kind for 10 years, even if he insults me, it's not enough to make me become cruel, you see. But if every day I'm being cruel, 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 kindness will be very hard. Now, in that kind of moment, when I've been cruel for 10 years and I don't listen to God, that's when I need someone on the outside to come and help me, to give me some strength. To, right. to carry out this kindness you get my point
7: okay uh, does <laughs> right. it make sense
11: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry sorry i i need to go but I, I just wanted to ask the question before you go i'll just mm-hmm. i'll just you know well you've answered like 80 percent of the question i wanted to ask like now mm-hmm. however the remaining 20% that I want to ask before I leave is these things about the deposits like what we have carried and acquired through soul ties and the likes. Sorry, I'm digressing a bit. Is it one of the reasons why, um, for example, a guy, a lady wants to get married to a guy Mm. and maybe she has prayed about it or she goes to tell her pastor about it and they pray about it and say, oh, you can't marry that guy or you can't marry that girl does this have to do with sorry i'm just asking a question does it have to do with the deposits or the lineage or something why god is might be saying no you cannot marry this person because of the deposits that they've had or something i don't know i'm just asking
6: in the ancient times and i like to say that because things are no longer the same the way they used to be in those days that's why they had what is called arranged marriage It happens when a person who has really attained wisdom and sight, and they see two people, and they know that these two people, when they bring them together, it will bring fruit based on the different things that are inside of them. And that's how they arrange the marriage and put them together. That's how it was back then, you know. But now, people do arrange marriage for um, politics, for business, and whatever, and different kinds of things. You know, it is possible today that God can say don't marry this person for reasons similar to that. This one when we actually go into the details of why God says it, you know. Sometimes God will say, no, I don't want you to marry that person. It's because of something like this. Because that particular person, based on where you are, if you marry that person, you will be truncated, you know, because you don't have enough, quote-unquote, virtue to survive with that person. You will be truncated. You will be exhausted. Does that make sense?
11: Yes, it does. So, if you decide to not build yourself, is it possible that uh-huh. God can change his mind yes. and say, okay. Uh-huh.
6: Like we say, nothing is permanent. Everything is dependent on each situation. So, for me to say, don't marry this person is as a result of who you are today. Who you are today can change. And you who are very poor today can become very rich spiritually tomorrow. And then, the reason for them saying don't marry this girl becomes invalidated. Now you can go ahead and marry her. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. There is no quote-unquote law that is fixed. It's always dependent on each situation. And that's why when Jesus Christ came, he said, don't you know that the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath? So yes, they said, oh, don't do this on this particular day, but if your child is in the pit, you remove your child from the pit. So in that moment, that law becomes invalidated and things like that. So it's always dependent. For example, a beautiful example is Jonah. God sent Jonah to go to Nineveh, tell those people, because of what you have done, destruction is going to come upon you. Now understand, that destruction was dependent on what they did. That's why he said, because of what you have done. There was a cause that was about to bring that destruction upon them. Now when they repented and changed their ways, they changed that cause. And when it changed the cause, the effect that was coming was also changed. And that's why destruction didn't come anymore. And then Jonah was surprised. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. So everything is always dependent on everything. So if God tells you, Hey, don't go and talk to that person, he's saying don't go and talk to them because of where you are in this point. It's very possible that you can become someone who is able to talk to that person and things and things will be fine. So it's always dependent on each situation, right? So Leia asked the question. What if God warns you about getting married and tells you he will tell you who to marry and you meet people along the way and God shows you through the dreams and through the mind of God and God says no? So are you saying God can change his mind? When we talk about... Um, I want to understand something, right? If Jesus Christ had decided in that garden of Gethsemane to reject the cross, he would have rejected it and that would have been the end. Because nothing is fixed the way we look at it. At the end of the day, it's still dependent on the choices that people are making. You know, All those causes that Jeremiah was saying, all those things that Jeremiah was saying, You know, oh, destruction is going to come upon you, you will in the city and all these things. Everything he was saying was dependent on the actions that they were doing. Assuming Israel changed their actions, all those things that Jeremiah was saying will not have happened. Because those, that thing that was going to happen to them was dependent on the actions that they were doing. You know? So... So God can tell you that someone is supposed to, you're supposed to marry them, right? And it will really tell you that you're supposed to marry them. And it's possible that that person will decide not to marry you. And that will be that. And then God can give you another person. It's very possible. It's very possible that God will give a person, say this is your husband. But because that person's life is independent, that your husband that God gave to you can do something foolish and he will die in the first year of the marriage. And you say God killed your husband. But no, your husband made a decision that led to his untimely death. So at the end of the day, there's God's promise, but it's also the, the choices that we choose to make. Do we understand that?
11: Huh? Thank you. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. The, it means that play there's it. a God's there's a there's a path to play.
6: There right? will always be a part to play. Even our salvation, we the our salvation is half and half. It's half God, half us. Because one wants to understand salvation we have to look at the Old Testament. When God told, sent Moses to the, to the Israelites to call them out of Egypt, God calling them was one thing, them answering was another. Assuming they did not answer the call and get up, they would remain in bondage. When it was time to go and fight wars and they said God fought the battle, you recognize that they also had to pick up the sword and fight. So the same thing applies to this day because you think that, oh, I just say I believe and then I'll come out of any bondage. And that, nothing ever happens like that. Because it's through my actions that I became a slave to lust. It's also through my actions, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that I will come out of lust. It doesn't just disappear. Even if God helps us, because like I said, mercy can happen that someone will come and pay your debts for you. So that lust that you've developed for 15 years, God can have mercy and wipe everything out in a flash. Many people, they can talk about that story that way. Hooped on masturbation for many, for a long time, and one night it disappeared. That means the Holy Spirit had mercy and cleared your debt. But you see, them clearing your debt just gives you a clean slate. If you go back and do that same thing again, you will put yourself back in that same debt and start this problem all over again. Do you understand that? Get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You to come yeah. back. Yeah.
6: And that which God has helped us remove by our actions will enslave ourselves again and put ourselves back in that bondage. So there's nothing like, oh, you know, there's no, there's no condition that's permanent. It doesn't happen like that. Everything is dependent on the action that you're doing right now, right now, right now, right now. So the good works we did in 2016, all the, the, the charity is great, but the most important thing is what you're doing right now. So if you did many good things in 2016, you did many good things in 2017. God bless you. That is a fantastic thing. But if right now you're performing evil, you're moving in a different direction. You understand? And your very actions are the things that enslave you and drag you into the darkness. It's not God. You know? So this is how all these things work in a sense. It's very, I'm sorry, question, it's, it, it has a lot, to do with a lot of economics. A lot of economics. You know. Can so, I please
10: ask a question?
6: Of course.
10: Alright then. So I was thinking regarding what you just said now. When you say for, for um for example the question that the guy just asked about how if God tells you not to marry someone, what if it is like you know how we say God God is Alpha Omega? So he already knows what's gonna happen like at the very end. So he already knows like things, certain things that i don't know how to explain it but we believe that he's all-knowing so he knows like all our actions and decisions that we might take he knows what he knows already what's going to happen at the end who's going to make it to heaven that's what i like to believe or that's what I thought to believe anyways and stuff like that so if he already knows that certain things are going to happen in that person's life that would like you already said truncate our own destinies do you understand and even if we we um we build ourselves up, or as what we've said here, upgrade ourselves to be able to take the impact, quote-unquote. Yeah. Even if we're able to do that, what if it, is, it will still have an adverse effect on us? So I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, you know, I, I just feel sometimes it doesn't matter if we can build ourselves up even to that level. But if, if he says that, okay, you shouldn't do something, it's probably because he knows that something is could happen at the end that might not work in our own good. What do you think? Do you think of, or no?
6: Maybe the last part of the question, if you could phrase it again, because I, I
0: I didn't understand that last part.
10: Yeah, like you said that, um, he, um the guy asked, he said that if if you go on to get married to someone and God says no, it might be because of something like the soul ties and because we're not able to like, um, upgrade ourselves and that we're not able to take the
1: unquote,
10: yes, impact of that person. Well, could it just be that God just doesn't just, does want us to just get married to that person, that he, the plan he has for us is not just that person?
6: There's always going to be a... Re- God is not random. He's not sentimental. Okay. If God says don't go there, there's, there are specifics why he says don't go there. Mm-hmm. You understand? Specifics he can tell you depending on how well you listen to him, or if he believes that it is, is necessary for you to know it. There's mm-hmm. always going to be a reason. You understand? That's how it is. So there's okay. always a reason. If God says don't go there, there's a reason, and those reasons could be so many different things.
1: Okay.
6: You know? There's no one who is good or bad. God doesn't look at things that way. Mm-hmm. He looks at how, what would, what would make it, what is most profitable in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes what is most profitable is giving you a person that will try your patience because he has God has planted a seed of patience inside of you that can only come out in you being with someone that will try your patience a lot. So, when you're trying to go with her,
10: sorry, say that again,
6: it's very possible that there will be a seed of God in you, right, Mm -hmm. of patience, which can only come out in an environment where you're with a person who does nothing but test your patience. Mm-hmm. Now, because God wants that virtue of patience to come out of you, when you want to follow someone who doesn't ever give you any stress, you say you don't go there. Because that virtue, he wants to come out of you, can only come out in that environment where that person is testing your patience.
10: Does that make sense? Mm, okay. okay, But That's I would like to believe you'll never give you more than you can. You know, exactly God never gives us do, more than what we can, we can handle. But
6: But the problem is we don't know what we can handle.
10: True.
6: There's one day like this. I woke up in the morning. I was feeling somehow, because I wanted to go to the gym, I was just feeling somehow, mentally, I believed that I couldn't do any workout. When I went to the gym, after like two minutes, I saw myself was just doing everything. So that tells me, me feeling like I couldn't work out was an illusion because my body was ready. Mm
1: -hmm. My
6: body was very capable, but my mind put me in an illusion. A lot of us, there's a lot of things that we're capable of that we don't know. But God knows. And because of that, he puts you in an environment where that which he has put inside of you will come out.
10: Okay.
6: It's because of different things like this. huh?
10: No, continue, continue.
6: It's because of different things like this that God puts people in different scenarios because God is always trying to bring out that nature of himself in you. Uh And he puts everyone in a situation where that nature can come out. But ultimately it still depends on you as well based on the choices that you make so it's always a dual thing okay you know?
10: so
8: yeah like that
10: all right then thank you another question yeah. regarding mm-hmm. the um the the mathematics you're trying to explain how mm-hmm. um for example when you pray for someone um something leaves you is it just like the same way like when a preacher preaches and they say like virtue has left him and that we should, like, to, do you understand that, that kind of, oh. that, that's what you're trying to explain, right, in that situation?
0: Of course, of course. Like, yes. for example, no, before, the, oh, you want to say something, go ahead.
10: Okay, so if someone has, I don't know, I think some people have the Ministry of Intercessory, like to pray on behalf of other people, do you understand? Yes. So in that case, they have to build up themselves to be able to, give, like, to, like, give out to, how should I say, to, I don't want to use the word, perform that function, because the, if they take, if they start praying and interceding for people, it can, like, physically or, sorry, mentally or spiritually, as that's what, spiritually drain them, right?
6: It's very possible that it's even from that intercession that your virtue starts to develop, because you have, you could be someone who, you have never done anything good in your life, right? Mm. The moment you start to pray for someone other than yourself that act alone begins to develop the virtue Uh uh-huh okay so there's also that Mm,
10: true so that's like two sides you can look at it from both sides
6: from both sides exactly
10: okay all right you're Uh going to say something but then i interrupted you
6: oh yeah i say, for example now before i begin this meeting i try to minimize interactions because i know that it takes a lot of energy to have this kind of conversation Mm. so i stay quiet somewhere I try not to talk as much as possible so that there'll be a lot of energy to do this. If not, one will be exhausted long before the end of the Mm -hmm. conversation.
0: And it's just Mm -hmm. like that, you know?
10: Okay.
0: So, yeah.
10: Yeah, sorry, last question. And then you were saying something about energies, about how you're like, oh, people give off different energies and do you understand, stuff like that. And obviously, I, I hear a lot of people say that, oh, that the energy in this place is not too. Yeah. And then I usually look at them like, what the heck is this one saying now? Do you understand? But I understand I I get it. I I I kind of get it because if I'm in a toxic environment, I can usually feel like, oh the I don't know how to just explain it, like this place is not just Code, if you are a Eurobiologist, I could at this particular point, and I just like, oh, I just need to, yeah. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. So is that is that the kind of thing? Is that what? Is that what? Is that like the kind? How do you explain that in a? I don't want to say in a Christian kind of, because if I if if I look at energy, I look at it from like, say, like when people are practicing like all these like. You know how they say your aura, your, you know, I I really try not to go into, yeah, to go into that. Yeah. So how would you explain, is that, I don't want to use, is that Christian-like or do you understand?
0: I mean, when we say
6: Christian, you know, most times when people say Christian, they are saying what my particular group has agreed to be truth. Mm. Do you understand? Because when we talk about Christianity, it's much bigger than what people saying is Christianity today. Mm-hmm. That's why some people say, oh, your denomination is right. because So, I, you understand? Some denominations, some denominations are doing things. They say, like some people, for example, I see Paul now. His shadow was healing people. Some mm-hmm. people can come and say, ah, this is not Christianity. It's only by laying of hands. You understand? Mm-hmm. So most times when we say, is this Christianity? We're not really saying is this Christianity. We're saying, is this what my particular group believes to be true? Mm-hmm. You get my point? Huh. As you're here now like this, if you're sitting down on your chair and someone comes into your physical space so much that maybe there's one inch between their face and your face, will you not be very disturbed? Highly. Even without their skin touching your skin. Mm-hmm. That's because you have an energetic field. And them just being that close, their energetic field begins to interact with your own. And that's why you feel so uncomfortable.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Jonathan, it's a scientific mm-hmm. fact. It's as real as your sweat. This has nothing to do with, this is my belief or my belief. This is a scientific fact, you understand? And energy always has light, sound, and heat. And light has many colors, you understand? Green, purple, blue, and all these kind of things. So this is how people, there's a particular camera in Russia that is capable of taking a picture of a person's aura. This is a scientific fact. You get what I'm saying? It will take a picture of you, and based on your particular mood, it will show it in the color. This is science. this is science I'm explain now. This is my point. So
1: yeah.
6: every one of us has that kind of um, will I say magnetic field, so to say. And your emotions have a kind of tangibility. It's just that, for example, now I'm in my room now, right? For me to be talking to you through the Zoom, I have Wi-Fi. You get my point? As I'm in this room now, Wi-Fi coverage is here. And the Wi-Fi signals, they are actually matter. They they have substance. But it's just Mm -hmm. that their substance is so small that it looks invisible to my naked eye. But as it's invisible to my naked eye, doesn't mean it's not there. You get my point? Yeah. Thoughts and emotions are just like this Wi-Fi. When 10 people gather in an environment, and they emanate a particular kind of emotion, it creates a Wi-Fi in that place. I'm using analogy now. It creates a Wi-Fi because 10 of them coming together creates a concentrate. And if all of them are very bitter people, it creates a Wi-Fi in that environment of bitterness. If you enter into their Wi-Fi coverage, you feel it. That is if you're a perceptive person.
1: Mm.
6: Also, if it's lost, that's why you see people, like those days when I would go to the club, Once you enter the club, lust must hit you because everyone there, that's what they are vibrating. That's what they are emanating. Lust. So that whole club area, the Wi-Fi of lust is much. The Wi-Fi of pride is much. The Wi-Fi of greed is much. And that's why when you enter there, you see people are so easy. They fight so easily. They want to spend. So it's because of all these things. So our emotions have a kind of substance. You know? So... And they create, they create, that substance, is, it pervades our environment. And if you're a very loving person, you're a very sweet and gentle person, that, if, if that sweetness is very potent, it oozes in your environment. And once a person comes near you, they just feel peace. But if you are a nasty person, you are a bitter and cruel person, once a person enters your environment, they just don't come to you. So like that.
10: Okay all right you did
0: understand yeah yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense
4: thank you you're very welcome yeah martine yes um i just wanted to make sure i'm connecting things correctly so when you were speaking of um like the economical factors and you made the example of jesus being a billionaire and Resolving mm. people's liabilities of ten dollars, twenty dollars, um, would that be connected to the our Father and the verse where it says, "Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors, our debtors? Like, does that connect in any way?
6: Absolutely, because when God is forgiving your debts, you understand. For you to keep yourself debt-free, you have to also forgive the debts of other people. When you don't forgive other people, you put
0: yourself back in debt again.
6: Do
0: you understand?
4: Yes. And does that also connect to the verse for the wages of sin is death?
0: Uh Aha. So the wages wages
6: of sin, wages is your your salary, the payments for your work done. So when you Mm -hmm. do sin, sin is a kind of work and the salary for that work is death because sin doesn't profit. But the ways of righteousness. The works of righteousness has an intention of improving those in your environment. You are thinking of how this person can eat. You are thinking of how this person can grow. If everyone is doing that to everyone, won't the whole planet flourish? Yeah. You know. So when we talk about righteousness, it's, not even a, it's beyond just my religion, your religion. It's, it's a principle in nature. If everyone is doing these things, if we're all kind to each other, if we're all forgiving each other, this planet will be a flourishing place you know, so like that.
4: Okay, I see, all right, thank you. Yeah,
0: you're very welcome, you're very welcome.
4: So yeah,
6: you know, in synthesis, because a, a lot has been said along the way, You know, I hope we've been able to pick one or two um, from all that's been said. The moment anything new is added to our lives, that new thing added is like a liability. That li- for the fact that that new thing has come into our life, that liability is there forever. What has to happen? We have to make more money. So now the patience I had yesterday is no longer sufficient for me because of what I've added to my life today. So now I have to even do more patience. I have to do more kindness. I have to be more loving. I have to be more resilient against my loss. Because I've added new things in my life that have brought liabilities. Every single individual we have a sexual intercourse with, we collect liabilities from them and put it in ourselves. We also can collect credit. So let me not talk as if it's only extreme, one extreme. We also can collect credit. If that person is very blessed, the virtue will be collected. And that's why, you see. Mm-hmm when one starts to walk with god and starts to develop a lot of spiritual potency you will start to find that in the dream beings will come and want to have sex with you of course because this is how life is taken. do we understand that this is what we call incubi and succubi spirits because they know that your virtue can be transferred to them by that sexual intercourse and it doesn't have to be physical because like i explained many times Life doesn't exist only on the physical plane. It doesn't matter if we say we don't believe or not. This, this thing is not thing it's, it's beyond belief. It, it's a fact of nature. Nature exists in many layers and dimensions. Now, one does not need to sleep with a person physically to take that virtue in them. They can meet them in the world of the dream. So when I talk about virtue, you know, let's call virtue money. And in a grand sense, when we talk about what is money, because, like, 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 like Solomon said, money answers all things. But we must understand because the book was not written by carnal people; they were written by spiritual people. So when he says money answers all things, we need to ask Solomon again: What is this money you're talking about? We must understand that this money is patience. This money is compassion. This money is love. This money is faith. This is wealth. Because patience gives, impatience takes. So obviously, impatience is poverty, because poverty collects and wealth gives. So if we're an impatient person, we're poor, and that's why we're collecting people's patience. Do we understand that? Do we understand that? Yeah, I think when I'm, a, when I'm a hateful person, I'm not giving love, I'm taking it. So for the fact that I'm taking, that tells you that I'm poor, I'm not rich. For me to be rich, I have to be the one giving. Do we understand that? Ah, uh, is everyone sleeping? Where's everyone? <laughs> do we understand that?
8: Sure, understood.
7: Yes, we understand. Yes.
6: yes. So, yeah. impatience, anger, pride, greed, all these things are takers. That's why it's called poverty, because it doesn't give anything. A person that is greedy is only taking from you. A person who is generous is giving to you. Love gives. is not there to take. That's why it's called wealth. It's called virtue. It's called money. And this is the money that answers all things. And that's why Christ could pay your debt because He had the money, He had the love that can withstand all your bitterness. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's very possible that we might be in the life of a person and we say this person is toxic. Toxicity. For something to be poisonous, it just means that we don't have the capacity to handle it. Because what is a poison to you is a piece of cake to another person. We can also call poison death. If you're with a person, you call them toxic. Let's say their debt is $1,000. And you're calling them toxic because you only have $500 in your account. Yes, to you, they're toxic. But to someone who has $100,000, their $1,000 is nothing. You understand? It's nothing. And that's how it is in this. Now, I'm, I'm using all this economics, to so help us understand it. So when they say, Christ pays your debt, he has enough love to withstand all your, your $5,000 hatred, your $10,000 hatred, your $15,000 greed. He has enough money to pay all these things. And he gives that to you so that you, in turn, can start to pay it to other people to also lift them up. This is what it means to spread the gospel. It's not about climbing pulpits and talking, do this. No, no, no. It's about that act, that expression of the nature of God on a daily basis. That's the gospel that is supposed to be spread from our very actions. Because at any given time, every single one of us are evangelists. The question is, what are we evangelizing? Are we evangelizing on forgiveness? Are we evangelizing anger and resentment? Are we evangelizing envy? You know? So this is what God means to preach the gospel. And when, Paul, when Solomon says, money answers all things. This is the money he's speaking about. And that's what I'm calling virtue. You know? So does that answer your question? Who is the person going to ask me that question? Um, Toby Taiwo. Does that answer your question? fantastic so this is what i mean by virtue so if you be a person who starts to develop all these qualities now you are rich thieves are going to want to come after you and you can start to find that all of a sudden in the dream different kind of things want to come after is, is that just what's going to happen is nature Amrab has always come to for the rich man and that's why you now have to what build your wall guard your heart because as you start to develop all this God nature inside of you, you start to become more attractive for these things. Of course, because imagine the, the world like a dark forest and you, you start to shine light. Ah, everything is coming for you. They must come for you. This is the way the world is. So a rich man was always attractive. The same principle applies in the realm of the spirit. So the more your light is shining, the more criminals are coming to come and eat you. That's nature. The lion must always look for the antelope. So for these lions in the realm of the spirit, you're like an antelope. Your, 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 your body is very fat and juicy and they want to eat. You know, from your perspective, you are calling them evil. But from their perspective, they're just trying to survive.
0: <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's that. Um, Timile.
4: Yeah, okay. So, uh, one thought that just dropped in my mind is, that's why when the, um, the Bible
9: said Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, giving his life, that's practically like, he actually emptied his account for us, and as a result, it got replenished in like in multiple folds, because he a- he also received. Aha,
6: uh-huh. you see, exactly. And that relates to what I was telling the other lady how in intercession, in us doing that good is also a way of us, because that good we're doing is like as, as if we're sowing a seed into the ground. From that seed we're sowing, a harvest is going to come out. And that's why Jesus Christ said, unless a seed enters into the ground and dies, it does not become many. So that thing he did even guaranteed him a greater wealth than what he had before, you know. And that's something to remember for all of us. Because when God says give, he's trying to bless you. But well, oftentimes we're looking for who will bless us. But in, in God saying give to this person, that's where your blessing is going to come from. Because that act of giving itself is the blessing, you know. So
0: yeah, um, so yeah, I think um, it's safe to say that we we have um, we have come to a close for this conversation. And um,
6: as a summary for the scope of it, to help us remember, the, like we said, the subject is so tight and um, you know, we've, everyone speaks about so tight and how to break so ties and everything. So what we're talking about is once a bond is achieved with anything that thing becomes like a liability. It creates a kind of debt in our lives. Now, when that liability comes, we need more money. If not, that thing will affect us. So, on a very rudimentary level, whenever we've not entered into this spiritual aspect of this thing, on a very rudimentary level, when they say, don't go around fornicating, this is why. Because each person you invite, you marry, because understand that sex is marriage. Each person you marry, 10 people, 15 people, 30 people, each one of those have put their own liability inside of your life. To, to untangle those things, it, 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 it takes serious, it, it, it's a serious work. Some people die, they never are able to achieve it, and that's just the truth. But once you've done it, you've done it. Now you have to now become, you have to make more money because now you've added so much liability. So this is why they want people not to do all these things like, you know, on a logical set, you know. So, yeah, bonds are not broken, they are transcended, and they are put under dominion, and that's how we evolve and grow and grow and grow. So, yeah, I believe we have
0: have concluded. So, as per usual, maybe a couple of us, maybe five or six of us could uh, just briefly share one or two things that we picked from this conversation, and then we can close. So, who's going to go first?
8: Hey, hi: Rooks. Yeah bro yeah, thank you for the past um, two and a half hours or almost three hours. and um, uh, you've, you've expanded by the help of the Holy Spirit, expanded the uh, understanding on this matter. and you see, what um, I pictured in my spirit was uh, with the issue of uh, soul ties and the rest of them is like a dark room. A dark mm. room is dark, right? Mm. By the time I introduce light into that dark room, mm. the the darkness is submerged until light disappears. Aha, so the darkness yeah, never, yeah. never really left. Mm-hmm. It is just there, is 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 hidden, is 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 submerged. Light has transcended mm-hmm. darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, so as soon as I dim the light, uh-huh. as soon as I take off the light, the darkness comes back. Aha, uh-huh, exactly. And um, why why it's a problem for many of us to understand, especially those of us from the Nigerian church, is the because of the deliverance ministries.
1: Hello.
0: I can
8: hear you. Uh, the the level that Jesus did. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. I can hear you now. Okay, good. So so w- what has happened to us in the faith was was just was just um um or let me just say what's happening now is increasing increase in knowledge. There are people yes. just like Jesus did, there are people who have gotten to a level in the spirit. For example, uh, you are talking to the rest of us out of uh, an increase in wealth that God has deposited in you. Now, what you are doing to us in this, uh, what you've been doing to us for the past two and a half hours is deliverance because you are introducing light to a subject that we, we, we didn't have a clear understanding about. So now we are being delivered right so what, what has happened over time is we just felt maybe impartition deliverance can be done by impartation actually it can you know it can be done by prayers and all of that but it is sustained yes. by me maintaining uh-huh. the likes that has passed to me yes you know and and uh, i want to thank you for that that's that, that's a very a very a very great one thank you so much you're very welcome bro god bless you i
6: uh, thank you for that that was such a fantastic um articulation that um um the room is dark and light yeah. comes, but the darkness is always day. The
0: light dims, the darkness comes back. That was, yeah. I think that summarizes everything. So thank you for that. That was fantastic. Thank you, sir.
8: Yeah.
0: welcome, bro. So yeah, who's going to go next?
9: So um, it's really been an enlightened session. Like seriously, I'm always amazed at how um, all these things just, like how it's in every part of life, like every single part of life from you standing up, moving, everything is sexual. Yeah, I see it like that. And it's weird how, I don't know who just spoke now, but the, the example he gave or the explanation he gave was the same thing I was thinking in my head. But mm. in my own head, it was like the room is dark, yes. And then you're just throwing furniture into the dark room and you're not careful of where you're putting them. You don't know where they are. They are trying to move inside that dark room with the furniture there. Definitely, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you hit your leg, hit this. But then, when light comes, it's easy to navigate the room, even with the furniture just yes. thrown about inside the room. So, when he was saying that, I was like, ah, How is this even possible? That's what I was thinking. That he was thinking to say, so <laughs> yeah, it is one. And then, another thing I took out of it was um, how the problem doesn't go away because you think of it as a problem. You, how you have to have deposits that covers for it time and time mm. again. Because once that deposit runs out, it becomes a problem yep. that you now have to solve. So it, it, it speaks more of how we are being renewed on a daily basis, how transformation happens on a daily basis, not just once and then you stop like the continuum example you gave during meditation class, how it is with continuum that stillness is achieved. So I also saw that here. And um, soul ties are not broken, they are transcended. That also makes sense because when you really think about it, it is when you want to think that it is broken and you're not inside it anymore, that's when you go deeper. But when you know that it's Uh there and you know that what you have to do is transcend it, it is what brings about the solution same thing with that um with the cocaine addiction example they don't they don't give the person medicine they don't flush the person's system to take everything out no they teach you how to deal with like you go through i don't know if i can't really put it articulate it well but it makes sense in my head when i'm thinking about it because you go through the withdrawal and it is from that withdrawal process that you transcend your addiction to it that you know yes. that you can beat your addiction to it. So all these are very, very insightful and really helpful Yeah, Thank you.
0: You're so very welcome. God bless you for that, Excel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Debbie, you want to go?
7: Okay. Um, thank you so much. Um, I've really been... Um, I've really been impacted and I've learned a lot. Um, that's one thing about when we gather as Christians, we edify each other yeah. and, you know, we just build up each other. This person um, says this and someone else sees it from another light. And it just helps to, you know, perfect us, you know, in growing in the love of God. So um, thank you so much. But I would just like to add that as, as, as we, um you know, grow in the knowledge of God. The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 6 that walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lost, the, um, the cravings of the flesh. So the more yes. you yield to the dynamic power in you, which is the Holy Spirit, you will see yourself, yeah. you know, just abandoning your your self-life because the life we live in Christ is a life of dying to ourself. And when you die to yourself, you you die to your cravings, you die to what you want to do. But the Holy Spirit on your inside, when you begin to yield to him, and this thing is not like, oh, it's it's, it's, it's magic, it's something you do daily. As you yield to you, listen daily to the simple things of your life. You know, you just see that subconsciously you are, you know, strengthened to do the will of God. Subconsciously, you are doing things that, you know god wants for you so basically that's just the addition i would just love to have to so this thank you so much though
0: thank, thank you so much thank again. you Billy.
6: that
0: was so good thank you for that thank you for that so who's going to go next and um i'm going to i'm going to um so i'm going to put the link to the um WhatsApp group for those of us who would like to join. So I'm going to put the link right now in the chat box. And if there's anyone who wants to join the WhatsApp group where we continue conversations like this and further um, questions can be asked. And we just come together to just discuss a lot of things. Please feel free to join via the link I just posted in the chat box. So yeah, okay, fire Kemi.
12: Yes, um, so. I was just reflecting on um, the first part last week and everything from today. And I know we're talking about sex, but the way you explained it, it's just our day-to-day interactions with people and Uh. the environment around us. And I'm reflecting on how I'm impacting people around me through this understanding. How am I living my life? Like last time you explained um, about even touching the the table there's you know there's an interaction there and you explain Mm. about homosexuality and how we can be homosexual in our interactions with people as well and then even now you talked about you uh, understanding like giving and receiving in a different way makes me Uh. like makes you want to sit down to reflect on how I'm interacting not just romantically but like with just friends and family people you see on the street because mm. all these things matter so yeah, yeah thank yeah. you and even from the chat like from
1: even <laughs> last
12: week this morning like you know the time difference so like I'm up at 4 a.m reading <laughs> it's just it's a lot of information and it's overwhelming but it's beautifully overwhelming because like i'm understanding that i didn't know anything but that that's the first step you said understanding that you didn't understand so it's just beautiful to just be in this space around people who are really trying to go into the mysteries so allowing god to really open our eyes to what it really means to be to be a christian so yeah thank you absolutely
0: you're very welcome thank you for that thank you for
3: that um nJ okay um hi everyone so um, hi. this has you know it as always it's been another eye opening and enlightening session um, you know i I was thinking that for me the analogy you know when we're, when you Talked about soul ties. I, it's something that, you know, it was everything you were saying, it's for some reason, you know, it just felt it was relatable. And the way I yeah. saw it was like, you know, being in, you know, everybody was talking about a room, yes, being in a room, but being in a room and having people crowd that space, you know, and mm. having interact with all those people you are the only host kind of and having to interact with so many people and those people aren't even leaving the room and you just keep um cramping up the space with so much people and Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more difficult to be able to remember conversations remember it just complicates so many things and um you know, I, I began to see even in my own life where I complicated my life. Like, Mm. it's not like from the very beginning, I, 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 I think, you know, that my life was already complicated at a certain point, but it would have been so much easier to deal with, you know, and to regulate, which brings me to the second point. So it would, Mm. when you were mentioning, um, the debt, how much it takes for you, how to upgrade. You know, I was looking at it um, on as how to regulate, like how to regulate your emotions. Like if, for example, you know, as a child, all you needed was maybe um, just a lollipop, you know, to make you Mm -hmm.
0: happy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as a child, they just give you one lollipop and you're happy. But then again, now, because of um the complications that are added it kind of increases your desire or your greed or your yes. need. So you need a lollipop and a toy and you need not just the toy you need something else you need something else to satiate that that yes. need and then you to regulate when you just tell a child just take a toy and play with and it's just easy to just Go back to that one thing and regulate yourself back to the previous happiness. But then because of those layers and layers and stories, so you get the lollipop, I take the lollipop, I, you think, oh, no, I, I need something else. So you, I just found out that even for me, it has taken me more than just one thing to get back to, like to regulate myself to a, a mm. level peace or a level of um like to reduce my anxiety so i'm doing this so i i I, it's almost like looking in several places i'm trying to meditate i'm trying to pray i'm trying to read my bible i'm trying there's so many things that i'm needing or wanting to do because i it's like you've taken care of one layer and yes that layer gone but then you now find out that you still need to unbox so many other boxes that Pandora's box is there and yes. so everything is so relatable and which is why you know the need for that transcendence is there there's that need and I think it's something that you know this is where the need for God really comes into play we really need yes. um, the change, the 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 light, the mindset, to be able to um, to be able to just deal with all these things and to to transform, and it it just gives me a bit of comfort. The comfort is knowing that, you know, um, God can transform you, and so we our our minds will now be upgraded to version. You know, it has a bigger hard drive that can contain all the trauma and all the, you know. And so you begin to think of these things, but they don't give you that anxiety or or the hurt that comes with all of those ties. And so that's my comfort and that's what I'm looking forward to. So,
0: grace of God, you're yeah. very welcome, and I pray that God empowers you as you move towards direction in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Amen. you.
1: Amen.
0: You're welcome. Uh, Martine, yeah. oh, you're asking me to... huh? I can't hear you.
4: Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. um, Were you asking me to share my input?
0: Oh, I saw your hand raised.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't take it down.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. If you want to give your input, you can as well. But...
4: Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, I found... Today was very interesting as well. Um, sorry, um, I was mostly stuck on the the debt portion, but um, yes, the whole concept of the power of interaction um, that was very interesting to me and. Um, Growing up in church as well, I understood soul ties to just be mostly focused on a man and a woman, and it's a very fearful aspect to it, but I'm now, like, widening my perspective to see that soul ties are with, you know, different people or things, friendships, or as you were using, you used an example about even a parent, so I'm just processing everything and widening my perspective on soul ties and what is left behind during those interactions and as um Fio kemi stated about what what am i doing like how how am i influencing people or what am i leaving behind when people interact with me so
0: yes absolutely absolutely thank you so much for that thank you so much so yeah, um, yeah. Thank you guys so much um, for this um, conversation that we just had. Um, thank you every I thank everyone who contributed to the conversation. It was uh, such a blessed one. I I'm very grateful. I I pray that there'll be many more to come like this in Jesus' name. So yeah, we'll close with a prayer now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for
6: bringing all of us here today and thank you for teaching us this very calm evening. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray that everything that you have said this evening will produce good fruit in our hearts. And I pray that from everything that we have heard, we shall be
0: motivated to seek your face even more,
6: to seek for that fruit of Christ to germinate out of us in the name of Jesus Christ. May we become trees of life. May we become books of life. May our very lives be a megaphone for your nature, for your love, for your spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, empower us your strength to do that which we consider to be impossible. Give us the grace to fight those battles that have kept us down for so long. Father, teach us how to love. Teach us how to forgive. Teach us how to be patient. Teach us how to be merciful. May we grow more and more and more and more in your nature,
0: in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. I enjoyed myself.
1: Thank you. <laughs> God, bless. God, bless God bless
2: you. God bless you, God bless you so much. God bless you, man. God bless, God bless you. you.
0: Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you. So
0: until next time. Yes. You're very welcome.
1: Thank you. Very welcome.
0: you welcome.
7: Thank
0: you. welcome. Take care, everyone. See you guys next time. All right. Amen.